Hi, I'm Lanny. And I'm Chud X. And this is the world as it is today. Hi, everybody. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of the World As It Is Today podcast. We have an exciting episode for you as we had Andy and Kate Rouse. That's Andy from the Deep Share podcast and also his wife, Kate, who they are now doing a podcast together called Deep Healing. And if you haven't heard Deep Healing yet, you should go check it out. If you're interested in the topics that we talk about here, that might resonate with you. It's just a a cool couple that's really willing to open up about struggles with, you know, breaking the patterns that we all have from learn from our parents and the way our families were and how you're treating your spouse and passing those things on to your kid. So a really, really good podcast. I think they've got three episodes uh, Mm -hmm. so far and they're, they're great stuff. And most of you who listen here probably already know Andy from one of his many podcasts because, you know, deep, uh, deep uh, share is, is his main one, but then I know he's got Worship in the Storm, is that his too? Yeah, there with, uh, with Emmanuel Kingman. He's got um, he's got the Horns Up podcast, which is uh, about heavy metal. Um, yeah, he's, he's always got a new project going, and it's always interesting. Yeah, so they, this couple was really fun to talk to. I was really looking forward to this and, and kind of nervous. Yeah, they're, they're, their podcast is really neat because it's almost like listening in on a therapy session. But there's no therapist. It's just the two of them talking about deep issues that have to do with uh, with marriage and that have to do with raising kids, that have to do with... Um, Mental health and self-care yeah. and all the things that are really important. Understanding your inner child, all these really yeah. great things. Spirituality and mm-hmm. yeah, just the way everything works, especially as things are today. Yeah, and I this was this interview, I guess you could call it, this conversation we had... Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it's the model of what I want to have more of on, on this podcast where we get to talk to other married couples who are parents and we just get to talk about, you know, how, how we raise kids in this world as it is today. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Um, especially not just any old couples that are married and have children, but people who are awake and willing to look at things as they are and talk through them. And that, um, it feels like we're, we're fast friends. Like immediately there's a connection when you sit down to have a conversation with the people that are open like that. There's, um, there's not that, uh, that wall that most people put up and where you feel like there's some kind of tripwire that you could ask a question that would set somebody off. Um, you know, like, is the world really round or something like yeah, that? That, that, could, that could totally change if you're talking with a couple of normies, but this isn't that, you know, this, uh, when I think back on it, and how it went. It was a little like if we'd had plates of food in front of us, it would have been a double date. Yeah. And they did mention that idea of having, um, like, a you know, friends over for dinner, kind of a podcast yeah. with like couples, couples having a, a meal and, and just chatting, mm-hmm. chewing into the microphone really loud. <laughs> so that's, I think that's a rad idea too. It did kind of feel like that. It was, it was nice. Um, so I think 
is if there's not really any announcements or anything today. I mean, I did my fermentation workshop and it was great and stay tuned for an update on more dates going to be coming soon on that. If you're not already following me, please follow me on Instagram and Twitter at greener postures for info on that. Or you can email me at greener postures at PM.me to sign up for my mailing list as well. And when I say sign up for my mailing list, I literally mean just tell me that you want to be on the mailing list and I'll add you to my contacts because I am a one man show here and I don't, know any of the tricks i'm just using the verbiage that other people yeah, use yeah i think technically we don't know what a mailing list is or how to it's sign just a up bulk for email it. that we yeah. send out a couple times a year so uh, i just will send you guys all emails if you're on in my contacts when i i set up for different workshops either in person or online so if yeah. you want to be in on that let me know and if you are a couple that um that has kids or just an individual half of the couple maybe both of you one of you is shy Mm -hmm. and you want to talk about you know marriage and raising kids homesteading any of the topics that you've heard us talk about here and conspiracies tv programming for children Mm -hmm. like any of that stuff we love we'd love to have you so just uh send us an email and that you can send me an email or send it to the world as it is today at protonmail.com yeah that sounds good so i think without further ado here is our conversation with Kate and Andy Rouse. All right. Welcome, Andy and Kate, to the world as it is today. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having us. Hello, hello. Yeah. Yeah. It's so it's so nice to talk to you. Of course, you know, we all we all know Andy. Andy's a good old friend of friend of, well, of mine, not necessarily of our show. Not together. yet, but now it's going to change. But now, <laughs> and, uh, and this is our first time meeting Kate. Hello, Hello. Kate. And you're so, my first guest appearance. Oh, this is exciting. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is exciting. I'm honored. So Andy's got the deep share podcast mm-hmm. and so then you have a second one as well. Is that on the same feed? Oh yeah, I have a few. I have a lot going on right now. I got I got stuff Tell going us. on all over the place. But yeah, my Patreon's got a few different shows. With uh, I got uh, the Witness, which I do psychedelic talk and you know a lot about consciousness expansion. And we get together with roundtables and do a lot of deep dives into the umbrella that is the perturbing of consciousness and all the different pathways that that can lead to. Uh, I do that. And then I do uh, like this deep dive show with my friend, Dan Unaki, where it's kind of like you get to be a fly on the wall during our research. So it's a really fun time because it's really relaxed and we're just like referencing stuff from books and things like that. And then, uh, yeah, I do have another show with Brandon and Dave, um, um, Dave from Dave from uh, Generation Z and Brandon from Expanding Reality, and yeah. we do Fractal Family, and we just we're getting into all kinds of weird shit. So yeah, right on. So weird, weird, and weird, and then yes, mostly weird. I saved the weird <laughs> for the weirder, you know. Maybe the weirdest of all. You're hanging out with your wife now and your new <laughs> podcast, mm-hmm. and that's the Deep Healing Podcast. Is that right? That's yes. right. Yeah, sweet. It's always cool to see other couples that are willing to like talk to each other while recording. Mm -hmm. It's uh, I think it's kind of, um, I was hesitant, not because I didn't want to put it out there, but I was like, I wanted my own identity. I was like, I don't want to just be Chud's wife out there. You know, I'm pretty independent, Mm -hmm. but uh, I think we're (laughs) establishing that just okay. Absolutely. Uh, for sure. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but I've I really enjoyed that. your first three episodes of uh, the Deep Healing Podcast. That's 
excellent stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think what you guys are doing is really amazing because you guys are putting yourselves out there in a way you guys started doing that right around the same time we started the world as it is today, uh, oh. timeline wise. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we'd had maybe like two episodes before, before you guys popped up and I was like, awesome. Another, another couple doing a podcast in this sphere. And then I listened and I was like, Whoa, you guys are making yourselves vulnerable in a way that we haven't gone there. I, yet. Am, I have not done. Not that I'm not ever going to do or anything like that, but you know, you guys are you guys are talking about some some deep inner relationship things, which is which is yeah. really cool. Really cool. Thank you. Well, yeah, thanks. I I think uh I gotta give it up to my wife, Kate, because you know, me doing the podcast for the past year, I've kind of grown accustomed to just being myself and throwing my honesty out there, no matter how silly or forgetful or whatever I happen to be. But Kate coming on first time on a podcast at all, and also like bearing a lot of personal stuff and deeper stuff to the whole world. So it's like boundary issues. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it so much. I really feel like I can relate to you because it's like, I don't know, I have to mentally prepare myself before I come on to a podcast where I'm going to have see someone through the camera that I'm not going to make a fat joke about myself within the first five minutes. Like, I, <laughs> so yes. like every time you say sarcastic stuff or you're like talking about how you try not to talk down to yourself, that's so much, which has been like my, just like life goal, my mission for the past, <laughs> you know, several years to try to get out of that habit that I've had since I was a kid. Yeah. It's, it's a very, very, very hard thing to do. I'm meaner to myself than anyone has ever been. Oh, absolutely. hundred percent. I can relate to that for sure. Yeah. There are a lot of parallels that I hear when I listen to your guys' episodes that I'm, that I go, Oh, wow. That's there. There are so many, I mean, so many things are different as well, but there are certain things that strike as like, Oh my gosh, that's exactly, that's exactly like our dynamic or our family dynamic on the, on the outer side of things. You know, for instance, a good example is uh, my family, see if this sounds familiar, my family (laughs) never uh scooches each other and gives each other a hard time never no teasing but they have a word i just used it scooching that's what is we call all it. their family ever does to each other and that was really different for me when i got to know lanny's family you know it was like it's like oh i'm not sure i'm not sure if your cousin likes me you know blah 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 <laughs> and she's like no that's the way we all talk to each other all the time, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, you know, I'm yeah. cool with that. Cause I've always been good with like giving a hard time to friends and things right. like that. Good. But there's like this different dynamic when it's family time, when we're at the Thanksgiving table, you know, and places like that. And, you know, just, uh, and then, and I hear you guys talk about that and it's like, oh, wow, that's, that's the same. Absolutely. And, oh yeah. Yeah. That dynamic was spot on for us. For yeah. Sure. My, my family, if you made a mistake at the age of five, it's going to be brought up every oh time they God. see you, like Ever. everything that's wrong. It's just, it can never be a nicer compliment or if it's a bad, I like that dress. It's better than that thing you had on last week. Mm-hmm. So like you can't just get a compliment or say or it always that. undercuts. My somewhere. favorite is, oh yeah, you can get away with it. When <laughs> my mom says that, when I'm wearing yeah. something new, I'm like, oh, okay. Thanks. I yeah. think there's like healthy degrees of that cutting each other up. And then there's not healthy degrees yeah. of cutting each other. Up, you know what I mean? And it sometimes can it can in- feel you can't like, they can't turn it off. So you can never have yeah. that more serious moment. of like a uh, connection. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. It's like, are you doing it 
because you're kind of flirting with your buddy, you know, flirting in a sense, you know, just having yeah, fun yeah. with each other, or you're doing it because there's something inside of you that you're projecting outward and yeah. it's a repetitive process that right. needs to be fucking checked. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cause yeah. like I said, I I'm, I'm good at, I'm good at that kind of stuff with my friends and always have been, but I've also seen like friends, like we'll be getting along and giving each other a hard time. And then all of a sudden someone snaps because yeah, it's punching each other in the face. Cause, and I didn't even notice, maybe I wasn't doing it, but someone else was starting to actually get mad at someone. And then they're, then instead of just giving a hard time, it's like, they're actually trying to cut at them, make them feel bad. And then that person feels bad. And then they lash back and it's like, Oh, Whoa. A fight just broke out and we were all just hanging out, drinking beer and having fun. You yeah. Know? With my family, it feels like it might be a little bit um, unfair to include a new person in on that because you don't know the weird lines there are where it would be like not an okay joke. <laughs> so it's like, why would you start razzing somebody when they were new? If like you have all these invisible <laughs> tripwires that could like actually piss people off. Oh yeah. They, <laughs> they, they jumped on Andy real quick and, they always they mis- never stopped. They and they always <laughs> mistook my they always so told me that I didn't have a sense of humor. And I'm like, no, you're oh. just not funny. Yeah, like, that's true. <laughs> it's just not funny to just be me. Yeah, I, I get it. It's not funny, but I get it. Yeah. yeah it's just stupid. <laughs> like they made fun of him for um knowing words. Yeah, big word, Mr. Big Words over yeah, here. That's amazing. You've totally not from my family, but I know you've been teased by your friends when you were growing up. And oh stuff yeah, that. sure. Really? Uh-huh. Smart guy, knowing all the words. Yeah. I was uh, as as a young person, I was dyslexic and not great at reading, and generally considered not to be a very smart kid in school. But I had I score I would always score off the charts on vocabulary. I knew all my <laughs> words, and I and I would use them, and I didn't think anything of it and people all the time would call me out on that's not a word you're like no it absolutely is how do you not you know whatever but you not read the dictionary like i do what the hell's going on i don't know what he says a lot of times i have to stop i'm like i don't know what that means i don't know i don't even bother i'm just like i don't know what you're saying (laughs) it's not real i was Uh, i was back up to the beginning back up to the beginning and just say it all in simple things yeah yeah Um, another amazing thing that what you mentioned a mushroom trip where you walked your wallet chain like a dog and i was laughing so hard because i totally had a wallet chain and i was like no she gets that i was totally cool tough guy was it a leopard print wallet (laughs) it was not it was just the classic black leather because i was totally like a guy in a motorcycle gang when i was 17 apparently (laughs) (laughs) a leather jacket and stuff too it's it's pretty sweet yeah Yeah, oh yeah it was like and kind of mattered how many links on the chain right you had like you go to some metal shows and people had to like check their wallets Uh because there were weapons you know yeah oh i hated that or i lost my best at a leather uh like pyramid spike bracelet that was like real leather one and i totally lost that outside of a show in seattle because they made me take it off who were you seeing yeah i wish i could remember that i I think it was i think it was l7 yeah i think i was seeing wow yeah that's cool yeah that like specifically dates you as well (laughs) it was on their tail end but yeah l7 it was the rock candy too and they but that rock candy in seattle's been closed for a long time oh the rock candy yeah Yeah, that was like one of their last shows that and the misfits played the next day and then that was about it yeah that's a that's a personal love of mine (laughs) is that that the place that turned into the el corazon i think so yeah yeah and i saw a lot of good bands there yeah smokes yeah we used to Used to be cool. Mm. Now I'm a mom. <laughs> no, <laughs> but you know that's all right. I'm still around. Yeah, I haven't been to a show in like 
how when was the last time I went to a concert? Because I know it's been longer for you, but like I'm I sure I've been to one since I've been with no, you. we have no, oh, you went man. to one. Jeez, that's terrible. I used to go to yeah, just shows, yeah. All shows all the time, time. you know. Yeah. That's why I can't hear. The last what show you? I went to was in 2020 in like February. And I never would have gone to this show except the band came and played in my little small town, Bellingham, Washington, here and exhumed that uh, that gore metal band was oh, playing wow. in, in, yeah, in Bellingham. And I was just like, I can't I can't not go see that. It's like, you know, 10 minutes from my house. It would be it would be ridiculous. And it, I felt so out of place because I just so haven't been a part of that scene for so long. And I had no idea if I, you know, a month later, of course, there were no shows. But, uh, you right. know, I already felt rejected from that scene in a sense. Well, I say that, but I reject the scene <laughs> as much as it rejected me, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, weird. Like, the only metal I listen to now, I look at the people in it. They're all dressed like nerds, like, like me. <laughs> I was yeah. like, okay, yeah, this has changed. No one's wearing black makeup anymore. Well, they are, but they're still in Sweden. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, right, right. For sure. Yeah. Um, so you guys have a five-year-old boy, is that right? Almost four, four, and, four a and a half. Yeah, four Aww. and a half. That's a great age. Everyone always says that. For it doesn't age. matter what age it is. People are going to say that's a great age. <laughs> that's a great it age. Is. Every age Every, is special. It really is. It though. really is yeah. though. But I, I, we had a lot of fun with our. We have an eight-year-old son and a se- almost seventeen-month-old son. Oh my goodness! Oh wow! Yeah, because for some reason, you know, like we've been together for what twelve years. Mm-hmm. We thought it would be a rad idea, you know, to have a kid in twenty thirteen, <laughs> no problem. But then we wanted to wait for our next one till twenty twenty and find out I was pregnant <laughs> March of twenty twenty oh when they, goodness. the same day that Donald Trump declared a national state of emergency. Holy um, crap! Well, he was, you know, the little one was, was on its way. <laughs> Friday the thirteenth, and you know, we were missing the propaganda report, and uh, we were pretty aware of like the event 201 stuff so we kind of knew shit was going to go down it wasn't we weren't too surprised by a lot of things and you know as we found out in in early march that we were going to have a baby in in november um you know it was like man what are we going to do we can't go to a hospital uh they're going to make us they're going to make us wear masks and they'll probably quarantine our baby and of course at that time we're saying that to our friends and family who are across the board, the response was, well, you guys realize you're talking about November. Nine you know, months this is, away. This is, two, this is two weeks to flatten the curve. Yeah, right. That's all going to be going away. And we're like, oh, you guys think this is going away. <laughs> we can't you know. talk to you guys about that. We can't share our concern. <laughs> it was not any better by November. So it was great motivation. We ended up having a home birth, which I probably wouldn't have realized I could do if I hadn't been put in the position of really not wanting to be a part of that system at that time. It pushed us, it pushed us into a wonderful place. It seemed like it was going to be an uncomfortable place, but man, it was, it was nothing short of, of, of a beautiful spiritual experience to give birth in our home, but our home are the background of our home is that this house was built by my great grandfather. Wow. We're living on a road that my great grandfather built. We, we've even had other other babies from our family born in this home. Yeah. And uh, wow. but that was a long time. Last one was over 100 years ago. That's and so cool. So as as we were approaching, first, we were going to do a birth center. And eventually we decided that the home seemed better. And by the time it came and, and especially even afterwards, as upon reflecting, it was like we couldn't have made a better decision. And that was all thanks to. The pandemic, yeah, <laughs> it wouldn't have been Best that. Best thing that ever happened. 
Yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't have known. I could have done it. I could yeah. not have done that. Well, well, when we had Finnegan, I had a C-section and they said you were never going to give birth. Oh, naturally. naturally right. yeah. No, it's never going to work for you. Oh, so you can't do that to... at home. You could try. Yeah. You can't do that. I mean, the C-section <laughs> thing doesn't seem to work well when you're at your house. No, it doesn't. <laughs> no, Andy's got a pocket knife. knife. Oh, yeah, I'm yeah. good with it. It's probably a YouTube video. <laughs> I know my way around a hatchet. Okay. Yeah, my first pregnancy, I totally watched YouTube videos. You, you make the first incision, then you're like, hold on. I got to finish the YouTube video. Oh, wait, yeah, wait, yeah. just wait. Hold tight. Hold on. <laughs> Podcast schedule. Yeah. <laughs> Live. It's amazing. So how long have you guys been married? Uh, oh, we do this. I love thing. it. That's great. We yeah, don't know either. Usually we, we got engaged uh, in 2016 and then married 2017 yeah and found out we were pregnant afterwards and it was it was awesome it was just crazy how it all worked out but she had to like freak out and get her her dress resized and, and everything. altered oh, i was six months pregnant oh. from me. Oh, i wow. down the aisle <laughs> it was beautiful but we had awesome. every i felt so shotgunny but it wasn't everything was planned and we already paid yeah and then i found out i was pregnant and it's like Oh, <laughs> but yeah, we've been married I, together for six. Yeah. Um, I think spiritually for about 68 though. Maybe. Yeah. Oh. Or 68,000. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Yeah, we'd say, we often say we deserve each other, good or bad. Yeah. It's just a neutral statement, <laughs> mainly great. because it just kind of works out like that all the time. We're like the opposite of each other, but the same person. And we both like alone time. So he'll walk into the living room after the boys asleep and everything and i'm just like go away <laughs> goes into the basement he's like great and yeah. awesome it's totally yeah. fine yeah yeah and then we come back together yeah, and we have stuff. our days where we want to see each other and days where we're like i don't want to see anyone i'm like i don't want to talk about that now i'm working on something and he's like no oh, good i want to play this new tetris yeah because i'm constantly <laughs> healing and he's constantly <laughs> podcasting so it just awesome yeah. Uh, yeah. And then she gives me new ideas and new material whenever she's like healing and or like learning some new technique or, you know, some new teacher comes along. You know, I'm always getting the benefit of it too. Yeah. So it's cool. That's excellent. What, um, I saw you posted something about your, your gardening. So you're like, you got some starts inside that sounded like it, that you got some mold on them. How did that turn out? Um, I had to, start over on some and then my tomato seeds never took so i had to restart those and now they're doing okay now but they're behind schedule uh-huh. and then i had a brilliant idea i'm like i'm just gonna start squash seeds and now they're like this big and oh, they tiny get back pot. fast i didn't yeah yeah that's only our second year doing it you yeah know? Just I, a lot learn, you learn with every step you take and that's why i yeah. like starting seeds inside even if i end up just throwing them in the compost because i just learned so much from watching them sprout to yeah. you know grow Mm-hmm. for sure and we yeah, did we the uh, toilet paper and paper towel tubes to start ours yeah. too and last year happened. i got a little fuzzy white mold on mine uh yeah. but i just let them dry out until they were starting to wilt and the mold died and then i started watering again they were fine See, our mold yeah. just kept getting worse and covering everything oh wow yeah, yeah. My, my immediate thought when i heard that was i wondered if it had anything to do with the flooding that i know you guys went through but it didn't sound like it was no it in was the a, same zone of the house or no a different floor luckily. it was just i think yeah. one egg carton started and then it just sent a chain reaction to right. everything mm-hmm. everything yeah. Mold but i just that. i repotted a lot and a lot turned out okay um i tried to 
put some seeds, uh, some of the seedlings outside already, but it's a little cold here. And we had a are, cold Are you in snap. Maine? Is that right? Uh, Massachusetts. Massachusetts. Okay. Close yeah. enough. Yep. Same it's an M. I don't know my states. It's Technically, it's a different zone, though. <laughs> it's right? like two different growing zones. Obviously. What zone are you in then? Uh, five. Zone five. Five. B. Oh, yeah. I know yeah. nothing about. I'm at eight. We're eight. A. That's all I know. Is that what like, we where are? Where are you guys? Located. We're in Northwest Washington. Yeah, nice. almost uh, on the coast and almost almost to Canada. Not quite. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't. Yeah, think we can be- we can see the glow so. of British Columbia. I mean, uh, of Vancouver, uh, BC, in, in oh, the, cool. at night here. And yeah, yeah. If we don't drive far, if we get up on a high enough hill, we can see all the skyscrapers and stuff from mm-hmm. from did, Vancouver. Did you guys get any? Uh, aurora borealis action going on the past couple weeks because i Not saw the that the line weeks. was way south pennsylvania yeah pennsylvania was getting sightings oh, of it wow. i didn't see any we, we had, had some of, in massachusetts we did but we, yeah, we just so, had a lot of rain some people, I, so I read about that recently and some friends were up in our freedom cell were trying to were they see trying? them yeah. i think somebody a little south of us was able to but i think it was too cloudy here i i look at the sky as often as i can and i haven't seen anything like that this year yeah but i haven't seen a lot this year uh, because we've had clouds pretty pretty much consistently mm-hmm. since since winter so far with yeah, occasional with occasional yeah we see chemtrails clouds. we see yeah. a lot of days where the sky is just white you know it's not really cloudy no. but the whole thing is just yeah. completely white and then yeah, in that night we don't see stars and i can yeah. usually see the moon but it's through a haze so i don't think i'd be seeing any great lights but i have seen the northern lights from here one time Back in around the year 2000, 2003 at the latest, somewhere in there, uh, yeah, we were sitting around getting drunk and somebody was like, hey, did you guys know you can see the Aurora Borealis right now? I was like, no way. And we went out, we went, got on the roof of our house and just sat and watched. It was the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And I don't think it has, I don't think it was nearly as amazing as what you'd see if you went to like Alaska or the Yukon. Um, But it was, I mean... That just to just to know that that happens and you can see it is just i mean holy smokes <laughs> yeah it makes you feel that greater scale of reality and it's oh, like yeah. right there well it's a lot like you know i feel that when i'm looking at when i when i like we can see a mountain from our backyard you know and i sit and i stare that's at awesome. that mountain and that's so much bigger than me it's bigger you know it's 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 something i meditate on is is looking at, at these things that are greater than me or like a waterfall that's just just doing its thing and you know all of that but those are all small if you compare it to the sky and when you see the sky doing something as amazing as aurora borealis it's just like whoa (laughs) really it puts you in your place you know I always wanted to see it. I still haven't yet to see it, but well, we keep getting solar flares. So there's yeah, a chance. <laughs> we might be seeing it. We actually got, uh, in, when we did get engaged, we went to this place on the East coast that comparatively it puts you in your place a little bit because it's the, the best stargazing position on the East coast uh, called cherry Springs in Pennsylvania. And that was probably the first time, even though I climbed mountains in New Hampshire in like desolation, still this place was insane you could see the entire arm of the milky way it was just humbling and it was almost like you could get vertigo if you were standing like up on a table or something looking up you know yeah Yeah. the the town instead of um there's almost no street lights but everyone's porch lights are even like red so they have almost zero light interference oh that's amazing really cool 
That's yeah, really cool. Beautiful. Instead, yeah. all the streetlights around here are being replaced by those bright blue, white LED. I think we're getting two in our backyard from oh, a no. bike path they're putting in. Oh, yeah, no. they put in a bike path where that's that's where our flood oh, most likely. I heard came you out. mention yeah. that. Yeah, yeah right. about the flooding. That's so I right. did. I talked to our neighbor who's been here since the 70s or late 80s. 70s. Yeah. yeah. I said, he's like, did your basement flood? I'm like, yeah, did yours? He's like, absolutely. And it's never done that before it's until never. they did this because they took all oh, they took down a beautiful maple tree. Actually, it was terribly infected, but I still love that maple tree. Yeah, um, that was our tree. That was our tree. And they took down a bunch of like pine trees and shrubs and it had grown for like 20 years when the railroad closed down. And everyone, the railroad told everyone in our town who lived on that street, you can just build out, just go. We're never going to take it. Yeah. So people had gardens and everything, and the city's like, nope. Boom, take oh, it all down. We're, we're building, building a bike crack, path. Crack pipe alley. Yeah, we're going to build a great way for people who don't want to be seen with a license plate to get from one place to another. Which, unfortunately, I mean, I hate to say it like uh, a curmudgeon parent, because on the other scale of it, it's like, yeah, I don't want to be fucking noticed by the wrong people either. You know? No, totally. Right. <laughs> we are the rebels. Right? Any more of you in your backyard either. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. Now we have, we're on a busy street. So there's cars everywhere and you go in the back and then there's just people behind your house. And yeah, it's very weird. Our yeah. son and I took the path to a shopping center. And um, there is there's a little area where everyone's doing heroin and there's like <sighs> homeless people living in the woods and there's like a whole community. Just like uh, great. we've got great a job. lot of that homeless camps and stuff in, in our town. And it yeah. was a real shit show the last couple of years with um outside um actors from the seattle area in portland coming here and organizing the homeless people to move from their encampments onto the um city courthouse lawn and uh as a protest for i can't really understand yeah and they were oh, fighting man. the cops and spitting on them and like all this shit during during the yeah. lockdowns it was crazy yeah, so that's... for how long i don't know three months we had like homeless camp on our library and the municipal court lawns and i mean like full structures built from pallets and like somehow like generators and uh, they they, they were it was like it was a full-on day and night homeless camp with you know crack and beer everywhere whoever was coming from out of town was was like paying these people to stay with alcohol and cigarettes and weed and so i don't know where they were getting their funding but there was some had to be some well, I, I found a I found a group. I don't remember what it was called, but they were they had a Twitter that I started following. Oh, I remember, yeah. And they had constant posts going out asking for donations. Donations Ooh. of money were most preferred for for the homeless, but they were also accepting beer, hard liquor, marijuana, um, cigarettes, you know, uh, condoms, uh, clean needles, uh, like, all, like all, all these all these things, you know. And it's and it's just like and they were just putting these calls out constantly it was like a, it, they had occupy in their name it was like oh occupy. that sounds like the fbi then yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it got nuts they when they moved him out uh the protest like really blew up and i don't i'm not very sociable especially in in bellingham where this was happening yeah. but talking to other people who are they didn't know anybody who were at these protests Mm-mm. they didn't know anybody at all and these people came they had long two by fours and they were pushing back on the cops to try and keep the cops out of, they were just protecting these homeless people. 
And apparently, again, I didn't go down there, but if you talk to some people I talked to spoke with the homeless people and they were all just going, yeah, I don't really care where I am. You know, if I'm, if I'm cool here, I'm cool here, but you know, we used to be over there, but they got us all moved over here. And, you know, yeah. I guess it looks like this is about done. So I don't know where we're going next, but we'll, we'll be fine. Yeah. They moved know? them to another, it was like a, a community baseball field mm-hmm. and it was nearby another like sportsplex where kids would have practices and stuff. There was like a ice skating rink and stuff. And there was like all these like assaults of like young people walking by, like, oh, and they just destroyed this field. Like it was all mud and, oh, was, and they destroyed and they started, that Oh, and they had an explosion too. too. It was yeah, they blew so up much a crazy stuff. Tank. And then eventually nobody hears about it for a while. I, I drove by those baseball fields. All of a sudden, it's just a muddy mess with nothing there. And everybody's wow. gone. And now they've just all kind of gone back to what they were doing before, which is they're sort of spread out throughout the city. They have little couple camps little here camps, and there. Yeah. You know, there's stuff by the railroad tracks. And, you know, it's kind of what it's always been. Maybe the population's up a bit, but mm-hmm. it's not. It didn't explode at that time, but. Anybody who wasn't paying attention would think that all of a sudden we had a ton of homeless people and, and, and we do, we have too many, we, for sure. Like but it really has felt like people are moving, moving them, some of them here. Like there's a lot of new ones mm-hmm. and I don't know what the, yeah, it just seems, it seems like we keep hearing that, uh, from around different areas too. Yeah. There's, uh, uh. Travis Mateer. Yeah, that's over, what I was thinking. Um, Thank you. In um, Montana, Montana, um, like Missoula, is that where he is? I think so. Yeah, he's he's pretty sure that they're busing homeless people in there all the time from like Portland and Seattle, and they're yeah, I've heard that, and creating new problems there. It's uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's, it's very well, also strange. creating uh, desperate voters as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, rallying people, corralling them. You know, obviously is bad too. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's the same. It's the victimization that they always pray. They always like to prey on, you know, any yeah. vulnerable group is is likely to be preyed upon. All right. As much as I love this depressing topic. <laughs> yeah, let's get away from this shit. <laughs> That's not what this is. That's for the deep share. And this, this is supposed to be a, fam- a family <laughs> podcast, not for not family friendly. Yeah, this se, is not family friendly, but it's about family. What about, about family? family. <laughs> Depends on what kind of family. <laughs> yeah. So I want to uh, I want to get into like some some kind of parenting or parenting based uh, questions. Cool. Um, like I've got a question of um, like Andy. I know that you uh, you like to smoke a little marijuana. Am I, am yes. I right there? Yeah, too. too much. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> Do you? So here's the question. Do you uh, smoke weed around uh, around Finn? I'm high around around my son. Absolutely. I'm not going to lie about that just because like we, we, we know that marijuana doesn't necessarily like make you drunk or something like that. No. It makes me it helps with my anxiety. It does all these medicinal things. Yeah. But at the same time, I would much rather not be smoking as much as I am. It's just another one of those things that I feel like is kind of, um, it, you know, there's a sweeping mentality about about smoking marijuana that it's not addictive and i've heard that my whole damn life from me and all my friends and everybody (laughs) else saying it's not addictive and meanwhile i can't go to sleep without it or i feel like i can't i feel like i can't do a lot of things without it so that's a dependency really depends on the person right so i tried not to i never do it around him he doesn't see me he doesn't sit on the couch next to you while you're you're ever and i only smoke in the studio this is the only place 
if I'm not outside, if it's nice out, I want to go outside and hang out in our cool little garden and, and smoke yeah. a bowl and look at the moon and shit, you know, but no, I like to keep that away. He knows it exists. He helps us water the plants, yeah. you know, let's face uh, it. He's going to yeah. know what it is. He's also watering 20,000 other plants. Right. right. Yeah. 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 It's, he's not going to grow up in a world with the stigmas being the same as they are. Right. And you know, what's really cool is the stigma towards alcohol seems to be getting more negative, which is yeah. great in my, yeah. nothing against I'm fine with that too. do yeah. drink yeah. and enjoy it. But I like that it's the a, one that causes more violence and cognitive dissonance will be looked at worse by his yeah. generation. Yeah. Looked at totally. worse by his generation. And it's gotten a pass for so long. Totally, like you can't yeah. call people out for drinking. You can call them out for, for smoking any amount of marijuana, but if they're, if they're a drunkard that, well, it's at least it's legal. That's you know? the American way. It's the American yeah. way. You got, well, you, he expect, works hard. <laughs> you expect dad to come home drunk after yeah. a hard day's work, you know? Yeah. yeah. And we don't drink alcohol and it's been a long I don't, years now. Yeah. It wasn't really an intentional stop. It was more of a slowdown and then realized that it's better without it and kind of been, really embracing that now yeah i wish but, i could drink but i'm never thirsty enough to be drunk it's and, ridiculous uh, it's a joke amongst my friends they'll have like five drinks and i'm still have like half a glass of wine i'm like damn it i really wanted to have fun tonight just open your throat and pour it in there do it. i can't liquids. in a funnel again i said i was a bike a biker when i was 17 right? <laughs> really. i used to sell liquor for a living that was my former i was in sales Your bartender alcohol oh, no i was sales. a sales rep for oh, a wine okay. and liquor distributor. So cool. um, that's cool. I knew it fancy. inside and out and I would drink with the best of them and winemakers from all around the world. And mm -hmm. I could never handle it. <laughs> 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 I have one little tiny Prosecco in our fridge for two months now, and maybe I might drink it this year. Maybe <laughs> could happen. I'm, I mean, I make kombucha so, and do fermentation. So there's some like trace amounts of alcohol. I'm going to oh, be picking your brain. We're going to totally. be friends. I'm going to be calling yeah. you and driving <laughs> Got it. No problem. up a wall. Kind of stuff. Yes. <laughs> well, I, uh, I, uh, I host fermentation workshops in our home. And then I just recently did my first online workshop that was on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That was very oh, successful. Nice. We did fermented Congrats. vegetables. And what we're going to do another one coming up mm, probably by month. June. Well, Sweet. another one of those, yes. But then I'm going to do one specifically for fermented beverages. So we'll do kombucha. Kvass, tapache, which is a fermented pineapple beverage, is really good. Okay. I'm not mad at that. Yeah. What, it's tapache is what made it that I don't care that I don't drink beer anymore. Really? <laughs> yeah, because like forever, you know, I was I was a beer drinker. I drank way too much beer, and when I slowed down and quit, I really wanted to replace that with something. And I was like, oh, I'll drink root beer. Well, you drink one root beer you're like okay I'll, I'll crack a second one but you know i used to drink you know 20 beers in a night or whatever right. uh all of a sudden like two root beers in a night was way more it's than like i a wanted lot of to drink sugar. you know it's like really yeah. syrupy. I, just, I just didn't want to like stand around holding that beverage and drinking on it all the time or any other beverage there was nothing you know water water's great right 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 but it's also just water it's not you don't you don't feel like you're doing something more than than basic maintenance or whatever yeah. and uh hydrate you know i, <laughs> I drink like some that. kombucha you know she makes kombucha and kvass oh some amazing kvasses uh like with our fresh strawberries from the garden you know nice. stuff like that but then tapache was just like i don't know it's just got this this like, like i can i can drink three glasses of it in a night and just 
sit around drinking it like I'll make it like when she beer. teaches me. <laughs> it's super simple. So like, and it's the greatest because you need pineapple, but it, it uses only the outside of the pineapple and the core. So you get to eat the pineapple and make a delicious drink. All nice. the good stuff is still yeah. the good stuff. You just use all the scraps to make a delicious beverage. Yeah. It That's takes you awesome. a few days, but it's like a fun little science experiment for little people too. So it's, it's great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, yeah, you're making, what was that stuff that you just had us fermenting for like a few oh, weeks um, or whatever? Oh, fire cider. Fire cider. Oh, there you go. You're on on the on the path already. That's a, yeah. definitely a gateway ferment for a lot of people. So that's yeah, a great gateway yeah, ferment. We're making tinctures like and stuff yeah, like that. We're kind of cool. I'm learning. I want to learn everything, and I overwork my brain sometimes. Yeah, yeah. I can get I get pretty that. obsessive about whatever one thing that I'm learning. I yes. try to stay on that for a while so that I can really get it. And then I will try to move off. Uh, Cause otherwise I can get too many balls in the air where I'm like half on. And then I get kind of stressed out about it. Yeah. That's, so, that's so like, oh, yeah. like, you know, for, for instance, February was all about sourdough it's January sourdough starter February. I started baking sourdough. And now I can bake sourdough. I don't need to read the recipe. I just have it memorized. And it's like super nice. easy part of my schedule. Um, I need you to ship me some sourdough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's an experiment. So I can't have gluten. I have a gluten sensitivity. I didn't get tested for celiac because the test sounded horrible mm-hmm. where I would just have to eat gluten and be bedridden. Oh, and then feel sick. Yeah. That's three weeks. Shit. That sounds horrible. And then they what? take a piece of my stomach. Plus it seemed no, like thanks. you developed a gluten allergy. I think celiacs you're born with, right? No, I, I think, think so. you can develop celiac as well. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. Yeah, well, actually, Monica Perez has talked about that because she has developed a celiac. Yeah. Yes. Oh, really? So I heard I don't sourdough. Know if she's but sourdough, yeah, it's supposed to be um, easier it's because be. the fermentation process breaks down the gluten. It's, mm-hmm. There's pre-digestion there, so it makes it easier to digest. And I wouldn't say I'm celiac at all, but I'm definitely if I eat bad, like if I have pizza or something, I don't feel good. I get bloated. But if I eat yeah. my sourdough, it doesn't make me feel tired or bloated at all. So I definitely notice a difference there. And there's, but I can't oh. find real sourdough around. No, I you got to make it. Yeah. yeah. And I don't want to put in that effort if I can't freaking eat it. I know. Cause if you go through all of that and then it's like, it's like, okay, um, it's been six weeks and I still can't, I still don't feel good when I eat bread. That would kind of suck. Yeah. yeah it's a lot of time and mental dedication as well. You know, like time and physical dedication as well mm-hmm. to make good sourdough. And if you're not going to enjoy the fruits of that labor, yeah, it yeah. would, that would not be. That probably wouldn't be worth it for sure. I don't know. I wonder how that would ship. Yeah, I have to think about that. I See what think I think about it. Yeah, yeah, if, uh, yeah. If it can happen, we should try that. Experiment. I've actually I've been really curious if my sourdough because it's a long fermented sourdough. It's like a traditional way of doing it. So it takes me like forty hours from when I start my dough until when I'm done baking it. Yeah. So that like that period of time is that's the whole thing is you're breaking down that the gluten and it tastes better. So like a lot of people think Love sourdough it. is a flavor. It's not a flavor. It's a process. It's like that fermentation process. I thought yeah. that I, I used to say, I don't really like sourdough. I didn't not like it, but you know, if I was ordering a sandwich at a restaurant, sourdough is not, not the top of my list. Cause I don't like that flavor, which I now realize that was a flavor of bread you know, yeah. at, at a restaurant, you know, like yeah. at the grocery store. Yeah. They add, add something like some kind of powdered vinegar to make it like tart, but really. It's so bizarre. I learned that lesson when I tried it. 
Yeah, right. It's not. It's not any better than just like, like one or whatever. I can't use my hands or get out of bed. So I no, guess that that's horrible. Is this right? Funny if I say this? It's it's creating your own yeast. Yeah, it's wild yeah. yeast instead of uh, yeast from a factory. So, which is also cool because then you're using the wide array of of natural yeast from your surroundings and from the food instead of one strain of yeast that is freeze dried from a factory. And then that means that it's coming from the from the bacteria of your own. Your own environment, your yeah. own environment, yeah. your I own world that you live in, you know, like in the same way that uh, a lot of people agree that like uh, food is better if you grow it, uh, not just because there's the satisfaction that you grew it. There is that, but because it's coming from your land, from your environment, mm-hmm. from right here. And, you know, if you make honey on your place, that's going to be better for you. Mm-hmm. And before your allergies and anything else that honey is seen to be good for than anything from the store or even anything from uh, five miles from your house, like the closer to your house, it is the better. And that's just, you know, naturally in my mind, anyway, transfers into the idea of a sourdough starter. That's mm-hmm. building itself in your own environment. It's going to be better for you. It was really exciting for me when I started the sourdough starter here. And the reason I didn't want to get somebody else's starter um, to start with, because you can do that, you know, just grab somebody else's because you split it off all the time. So they'll give you some they're going to get rid of and it, you can get yours going right away. But it takes like mm, two weeks to get yours started from scratch. And I, I was really important to me because we're in, again, the hundred year old homestead of his family. I was like, it's the sum of the same, or at least the family of this wild yeast that's like in here it's kind of rad to think that your great grandma might have baked with the same stuff. Yeah. Could be. It's yeah. really amazing to think about that. It's crazy. In our city, though, I don't know if I want our yeast. No, no. <laughs> Maybe when we finally get our 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 dream home our dream someday. Home. Yes. Yeah. We're, we're trying our, our reality home, right? Yes. <laughs> there you go. Like that. Our home manifest. that's waiting for us. So. Right. Yeah. It's beautiful. We just want a lot of land. You know, we we are I would say our values have changed. We've always kind of felt that way. We just kind of want peace and quiet and we bought our house at a time where it was like if we didn't buy a house right then and there we were not going to be able to afford a house going forward just the way the market was headed and so we leapt into a house that yeah we got a hospital right down the street which is convenient for emergencies (laughs) we never and our electricity never goes out but man we're just you know constant traffic we have a front porch that you can (laughs) you sit out for five minutes and then you're like all right enough is it just cars and cars and cars? That's and how cars, the house so. I grew up in was too. It's a really busy yeah. road that was like through from Bellingham to Fairhaven. So it was like a just like people cut through super fast. But it was oh, like yeah. a small. It was a small road, you know. Mm-hmm. It was like by a college, so there'd be people walking down the road all the time. It's just always smash our fucking mailboxes. Wow. <laughs> I don't know why that was a thing. It was just oh, like yeah. always that. And then my backyard was a freeway, so. I'd never lived out of this. Like even our first house was downtown. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, then we moved out where my parents, my parents had moved out to the County. So we got a little more room and then to here. So this is like the nicest it's still, it's not, we're not that far away from town, but we have 26 acres that are ours and oh. some of it is wooded and, and it's a dead end road. So it's just like so much more private than I've ever experienced. It's great. Yeah. We've got yeah. two downtowns within 20 minutes of our, of our, of our yeah, place. And that's, that's perfect. Yeah. That's perfect. I don't want to live in the mountains. Yeah, we I definitely don't have nothing, to. But, yeah, yeah, we don't need to like shower under like a bush or right, anything right. like that. You, you know? still want to be able to run to a store as long as you can, yeah. you know. Like, I'm yeah. just, and, <laughs> and even with that, the outskirts of one of those cities, the bigger of the two, uh, that's where like their Walmart and Costco and things like that are. So we're closer 
to their Costco than some people who live on the far side of that city. Yeah, like Costco and Walmart, Winco, or and we have like better a traffic five, to get ten there minute too. drive. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So you just go bad. stock up on the big shit and then, you know. Downside is the Canadians are back. The best part of COVID really was that Canada couldn't come across the border for a while. <laughs> Not that we hate Canadians. It's no, just it's that the super rich Canadians it, that come down from Vancouver to shop here. And well, and it doubles Ugh. our traffic. It, it literally doubles our traffic. Mm-hmm. So we've got we've had like two years where all of a sudden it's like, I don't know, we just kind of got used to this certain level of traffic and you know, people being around and all all of a sudden. Yeah, she's going, oh, I think people are freaking out because the stores are packed. But then we realize, oh, but half the license plates are Canadian. So it's I getting back to normal today because I went to the Costco to get diapers. Right. And I'm like in there. I'm like, what is wrong with all these people? They're like standing. Canadians have a different they won't make eye contact, So you can't <laughs> signal to them that you're going to like pass them with your cart. They just kind of leave their shit in the middle and they won't look at you. So, and same with the when they, oh they drive here too. And so I was like, sorry, can- Canadian listeners. Like, we have so many listeners. I'm sure there's just tons of Canadians that are. Really and everything you're right saying, now. I can apply to 80% of Americans. I know, totally, totally. <laughs> but so I was like, why are all these people in the way? And then I finally, and the, the store's more crowded. And when we went out, I was like, there's a lot of Teslas. And then I started looking at license plates and I was like, all these fucking Teslas are all Canadian tex- Teslas. They're all driving. Oh Teslas. That's yeah. what they've been doing for the last two years. They've been buying. Teslas. Well, they have to be all the jabbed to be able to cross the border to come down here. Too. You know, I didn't so. think about that. They put that huge Tesla charging center in near the border. Yeah. It was, that was a couple of years ago. Just before the pandemic. Yeah. And every time I've seen it, it's been empty. Well, no, it's not. There's be. been like maybe one or two. Cause it's like a, <laughs> They it's need like the Tesla juice only home. charging station, just oh, that's kind of on its own in the middle of nowhere. It's kind of in like a dead, uh, what do they call them? Outlet malls, like that. Yeah. Most of the stores are empty now. But there's like a jack in the box still there, but then it's big Tesla charging. They pretty much, I think they pretty that's much built a mall for yeah. the for the oh. Vancouver Olympics a while back, and then uh, yeah. and then all of a sudden it became a ghost town as soon as the Olympics were over. Yeah. Man, so Tesla's and I don't know the electric car phenomenon. It's all a big illusion, anyway. I mean, if you look at like the destruction it caused, it's so funny because like you think about it's a battery, right? Mm-hmm. Batteries don't generate energy. No, they don't. You so still what are do using you have to energy. use? Electricity. Yeah, you're it's still just, using like, fossil hello. fuels. To, it's just transferring it, it's, it's it from one thing to another. It's <laughs> yeah. I, I I thought that the first time I heard people really praising the electric car, it was. Back like George W. Bush was in office and and people were going, oh, I, I, I was a, I was a hippie back then. And I knew all Me these too. people that were just going like the electric car, it's going to save the world. And I was just like, is it How like that, yeah. what 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 is it that's going to, you know, well, because we won't use fossil fuels anymore. And I'm like, cool, but how are we going to charge all those? And they're like, oh, well, we'll just use wind and solar. You know, it's like, yeah, but we're not doing that now. Like, so that's so you want to switch to electric cars and then change how we generate power. And, you know, then, and, and since then, you know, it's been a long time ago. I have a lot more questions for those people now as to like that solar and, and wind. They just and, get like, mad at you what, if you ask them yeah, questions. It's, it, it's kind yeah. of stupid. I remember having a conversation with my father. I don't know. I was probably like 19 and I was the hippie, like all about alternative energy and everything. And my father just told me simply on the surface of things like, the only way that any of that's ever going to spread is if it's able to compete in the market and blah, blah, blah. So he gave me this like very rudimentary understanding of why all these amazing things 
weren't happening yet. So then, of course, my anger turned towards all the powers that be, the ones that were making that the way it is and everything. So I was on that tirade for so long. And it's like now come full circle and you realize, well, we were being put on that tirade mm-hmm. and we were being pushed into wanting that alternative energy. Totally. That's not really the alternative energy it claims to be anyway. I mean, yeah. the the solar and wind power mostly that we get um, the, the big yield from is being gen- is like being powered by fossil fuels behind mm-hmm. it. Usually anyway, it's it's kind of all like. You know, we have to, again, build our own solar panels. We have to do our own work. We have to build, go our own way if we really want uh, the attractive ideas that we hear about. We're not going to get it from them. We got to keep doing what we're all seemingly doing. We're yep. trying to DIY the, the shit out of everything, you know? Yeah, for yeah. sure. Love that. We got a little far off of talking about kids. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We yeah. were talking about parenting. Pot turned us. Look, pot distracted us. I think that's great that we've destigmatized pot. Yeah, that's great. I did want to say with that, like it's kind of amazing if you think just a few years back how stigmatized marijuana was. Yeah. And like, you know, when I was a kid, when we were kids, if we had any parents who smoked weed, they needed to hide that from the kids. Like, uh, I'm not sure how how old are you guys? Do you mind me asking? I'm 36. I'm a hundred. <laughs> you look okay. great for your so age. You're older than That's me. I, and you're I am older than Andy. I'm 41. Yeah. We we come from the so um, I'm 38. He's 40. It's not so, fair for us to not tell you. So did we all okay, take dare? Do we all do dare? Oh yeah. Yes. I did. Yes. Dare. I had the Marilyn Manson shirt that said like drugs. Your kids are all. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I remember those. Yeah. We took so Andy, you did take dare because you're on the younger, yeah. and they st- stopped shortly after. I don't think my brother took it. You know, oh, okay. He's what 34 or something. Okay. Yeah, it was right after. I think it was the class under me was the last ones that took it. Mm-hmm. I, I remember it. in third grade, a student went to our dare officer to tell them in front of the whole class that their parents smoked weed. Oh no! You know, and it was like a big deal. You know, like oh, it was yeah. it was a really big deal. And I think those parents ended up getting in trouble. That's fucking. Horrible. It was way over my head at the time. Yeah, but oh, it's yeah. like. You know, if I think, man, if I had a third grader in, you know, whatever that was, 1990 or so, um, and I smoked weed on any level, even if I just, just on the weekends after the kids are in bed, I would need to make that, make sure that's hidden away and that the kids never know about that. Well, so I remember just in that case. was our conversation because it became illegal. It became legal here in 2012, I believe. Became yeah, legal. You guys were, the, in were 20... one of the first. Yeah, but then we didn't actually get any places to then purchase. There wasn't any stores open until 2013 because I remember so well because I got, I found out I was pregnant with our first son in February of 2013. And so, and I had quit smoking a little bit before that, just cause I was new. I'm off birth control and we're just going to see what's happened. Yeah. Uh-huh. That four weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. So that <laughs> happened really quickly. Um, but, uh, so then I didn't, I didn't smoke weed again until, you know, I was totally done breastfeeding. So it had, it was like a few years pregnant and then breastfeeding a few years. So like three years. And so I was like, and now it's like, and I'm still scared. And everyone's like, just go to the store. You don't have to be afraid. It's like, <laughs> it's legal now. Oh, I remember the first time going into a dispensary. I did not buy anything. I was not even considering buying anything because this was so brand new. It was, was like, this was, I don't know. I, I was still in this mindset of that. This could be a trap. 
Yeah. yeah. You know? I don't want them to have my name. They want to, they want to sign me up for the rewards points. I'm not giving them my real name. It had been legal <laughs> yeah. for like a year, but not, I mean, not legal to like, like they, like it had happened, but it was like, there was, but it's not legal yet, you know, kind of a thing. Oh. And then it finally rolled out. There started being some medical dispensaries. So I started seeing like packaged stuff here and there, but not in my possession. Or I mean, we had whatever. some friend give us some chocolates that were like, yeah, yeah I remember that seeing uh, like the package and it was labeled co- that commercial yeah. uh, edibles, you know, started, yeah. started existing, you know, kind of in my peripheral. And then one opened right down the street. Was, they all kind of, they all opened like on the same day all the ones that existed right then and there was one that was like two blocks from my work and i was like i gotta go check it out <laughs> you know like how can yeah. i not how can i not do that and i walked in and they're like asking me well what would you like you know and i'm like oh, i'm not gonna buy anything you know i just i just needed to see that this is this is real <laughs> it know? wasn't cardboard <laughs> yeah right and uh yeah no it was interesting you know it was a weird weird switch because i had only ever looked at marijuana as an illegal substance and illegal activity. You know, that's something I think about sometimes with the way the pandemic worked out. If kids viewed authority, the way people from our generation did as stoners, you know, like we were always illegal everywhere. We went, yeah. if we were driving, I mean, you're, the best you're driving, driver. you're at risk of going to jail at any time. Cause you're driving under the influence. And you know, you've, you've got this illegal substance on you. The cops are an enemy, you know, maybe you're not going out to fight them like an enemy, like in that sense, but they're an enemy that you want to stay invisible to more or less than yes. an enemy, more a predator. They're a predator. That's yeah, a that, much, yes. much, I always saw them as sharks. My friends yeah. and I would call them sharks Just trying to find yes. something that you do, are doing wrong. So they can take you out. And then you fast forward to now and I, and, and I watched how everyone who was 20 years old just put on a mask and, and, and wanted to get a vaccine so they could, so they could show their, their uh, passports and all that kind of stuff. And it was just kind of like, yeah, I most of like, my friends too. In our thirties. I, I compared it a lot too, to like, you know, like wearing a safety belt, a seatbelt when you're driving and stuff like, you know, like people from my generation tended to wear them because it was driven into us so hard because there were like laws about it and stuff. Whereas people from just before me were always like, why wear a seatbelt? You know, like you just drive safe. You drive safe. Yeah. 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 Uh, but when, you know, like when I was uh, right, it was the year I got my license that they started being able to give tickets here for not wearing a seat, seat belt. And with that, they couldn't pull you over for not having a seatbelt on, but they could give it to you as a secondary offense. So if you got pulled over for speeding and you weren't wearing a seatbelt, it would be a, you get a, two tickets. Yeah. It'd be like a $200 tack on two, second two ticket. For. And yeah, um, it was like that here too, but it was only like a year before they did away with that aspect of it. And then you could just get pulled over, you know? So people started just wearing their seatbelt just over their shoulder. The whole, not, not it was called the, the click it or ticket campaign. Click it or ticket. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have it here. Everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they got us all, you know, particularly with the, with like smoking weed being legal and something that 20 year olds just don't think anything of. Um, right. You know, it's just, it's, it's a different it's world. Same, it's, it's a different world and they don't see the authority as the, the, the authority in general is the same enemies that I always saw the authority as largely because I was such a stoner. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. What yeah, are your I thoughts? Think. Because you were just as much as a stoner as I was, I was back a stoner, in the day. <laughs> and then I stopped. Yeah. 
I don't remember. I was really high. <laughs> well, yeah. I'd I say I was going constantly though. When I get older, did this happen to you that I just got it more paranoid? I think yeah, the more responsibility I, I have. Oh, really? Yeah. That I'm like, I'm cousin. having a heart attack. Yeah. You're like, you're, you're 27 years old. Yeah. Like, yeah, but I like mayonnaise. <laughs> I don't eat well. Like, help me. So they double check. Me. Yeah. They're like, no, you're stoned. I'm like, no, that can be it. I smoke a thousand times a day. I lived yeah. with it 24 seven. And then now. No, nope. I try. We tried to record an episode. Oh yeah. We deleted it because it was just so <laughs> I bad. One hit of weed. I coughed for what? Two hours. <laughs> and then I couldn't speak yeah she'll cool. smoke every great once in a while it doesn't work out yeah i'll i'll take a little half of an edible like half mm-hmm. of one and then i'm ruined for hours, <laughs> hours. i don't yeah. think i don't i don't know if i could eat it if I, yeah that would half. be a big deal that'd be like babysitter for a day so no no i can't should. do no finn has to oh be not for you yeah. Yeah. for the baby no you could babysit me somebody else has to babysit yeah. Kids. <laughs> yes. yeah but when it comes to the authority thing it's it is weird man i was mm. i tell kate this often how like there was questions that I used to ask myself before I had a kid, like, and it was always like, if I had a kid, and it was always comparative to my situations with my mm-hmm. father and how he would explain things to me in the world and how different it was going to have to be. Like, I'm not going to be just some schmuck that is just repeating what he learned. I'm going to have to be that kind of dad that has to come up with better answers for, for, you know, these certain things. And none of it ever felt real. Like I was never going to have to face those specific situations. And I didn't know why I couldn't put my finger on it. And now as a father and you know, the way the world is and everything, it is interesting how the situations have drastically changed where the circumstances are just different. And I won't be having to answer the same questions that I asked my dad. Yeah. You know, things are so vastly different now. And oh, the authority sure. thing where, yeah, they were the sharks and they were the enemy. Uh, you know, I think at least now a lot of us get to give our children the perspective that, that we have that is like, you know, there's forces in this world and they're working. Uh, they appear to work against one another. But at the same time, it's kind of the gears that turn the world as well in some way. You know, we can give them that broader perspective. And uh, I don't know, it's, it's going to be an interesting road to see how we handle certain topics as our kids get older. I mean, I don't think I'll be smoking around Finn until he's like an adult, you know, much, yeah. much older. Yeah, you know? I don't want That's not something. Yeah, absolutely not. No. And it's, it's, I already understand that the strife between child and parent is inevitable and part of growing up. And so there's health, again, there's healthy degrees and not healthy degrees, mm-hmm. but this just the, I think there's a natural process where eventually you are forming your own self. So you have to go against what you've been taught to be, regardless of how that comes out. You know what I mean? So eventually there's going to be things that he feels he needs to be that go, you know, maybe not against, but you know, it's friction, it's contrast. That's kind of what keeps the machine of humanity going and consciousness. I think it's, you know, I don't know. I'm kind of trailing around here. He'll be the type of dad more so to listen to his side and his opinion 
than just dismiss it. Oh, absolutely. Right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what sure. I think will set us, the people who are doing this work and thinking about things and trying to heal past uh, trauma, if you want to call it that, or whatever the things that we learned when we were growing up that are kind of yeah. ingrained in us. We are thinking about that all the time. We're having conversations about it. Oh, how did your parents do this? Mine were like this. What are we going to do? You know, uh, it's just, I know for a fact that my parents and your parents didn't talk like that. So right. that, yeah, that we alone, say that all the time. That alone changes the dynamic. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that also that. having that open conversation with your kid, even before you think they're ready to get the whole picture, just being like, I don't actually know what to do here. My parents used to do this to me and I thought it was really unfair. You know, what do you think we should do? Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. it's like, you ask for that from your kid from a young age and you be actually be surprised how much they can participate in conversations from, from a young age. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah give them that spontaneous opportunity. And let them see that you're human. Yeah, yes, absolutely. absolutely. Aren't this like no all knowing creature yes. that they- no, don't question what i say don't yeah. try to understand it do what i say it's mm-hmm. like not that doesn't work of That's, course i think god they're gonna they're gonna get that on a micro level on like you know that and they're also gonna get it on the macro level like yeah we don't have a perfect structure going on here we don't know all the answers even though it appears that we do so mm-hmm. i'm not going to be able to tell my son exactly what happened in 1969 with the moon landing because i'm oh, not that's sure awesome you bring that up yeah <laughs> yeah so. that's a that's that's actually on on my list of questions here uh oh, to some degree not not specifically <laughs> like that uh but uh because like i am i'm always curious you know i have my own ways of doing it but i'm curious what other people who believe in i'll, I'll just say believe in conspiracies as a as a real blanket umbrella term um like, what do you tell your kid, you know, like, uh, like if you, if you believe in flat earth, do you teach flat earth to your kid or do you teach them the, the standard model? So, and mm. then, and then let them come around to where you're at, or do you, or, or do you kind of teach both, you know, like, cause that's, that's what I do. I, I, I always say, so they say, this is what, yep. this is what were taught. This is what they would teach you. I, I we homeschool, right? So mm-hmm. I say, you know, when we talk about space, I don't say, listen, son, space is fake and gay. <laughs> I mean, you do. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you mean to, you say exactly that all the time, every night before you fall asleep. Every night before you fall asleep. I tell him that. No, I tell him, I tell him, this is what they would be teaching you in school. Right. And then I, and, and, and I have, I have like astronomy books from when I was a kid. I actually, I actually have some sitting right here. that are kind of neat show, even though this is an audio only podcast, but I have these old, uh, uh, what it would be like to go to the moon. NASA propaganda books. They're they're by NASA. Right. Um, and I have, I have other ones and I've, and I've, and I show him all the things that I learned as a kid, but I don't only show him those things. I also talk about hollow earth. And I tell them about flat earth and I tell them that there are people who believe this and there are people who believe that. Can you believe that some people, maybe, maybe your dad included, think that space could be a fake, that it could all be a fabrication (laughs) that's been, that's been programmed into us. And then we talk about how every single cartoon that he's ever seen shows this depiction that's in these books of space. Mm -hmm. So he's, so he's like seeing that, that, that NASA and Disney really are telling the same thing. And then there are other people who are 
thinking way outside of the box, not like the mainstream Disney or the, or the smart people, NASA, but people who are just thinking about this for themselves. And, um, you know, I, cause, cause in the, I, I don't tell him, I think that space is fake. I tell him, I think it's a distinct possibility because with anything, and I think a lot of people in our podcast sphere believe this, that we don't know anything. And we, I, th- I think I that's don't the, know a damn thing. That's so, the key of our homeschooling curriculum is we, we're not sure. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and that, that leaves it open. It's, I mean, it's like the most ancient w- form of teaching, you know, the, the, the Buddhist monk and the, and the, like the teacher and the student, the teacher never gives answers. He only gives puzzles. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't know, we don't know. That's the answer I always give when we like are talking about space. Like maybe, maybe, mm-hmm. I don't know. You know? Even mm-hmm. down to his room, he just got his first big boy bed. Yep. And the bedding he picked out was space themed. Yep. Mm-hmm. He loves it. He loves mm-hmm. it. And, um, and I've, yeah, I've definitely taught him that kind of stuff. And, so, yeah. and I tell him like, this is what they, they think it looks like, but maybe we don't know. It could mm-hmm. be yeah. that. It could be any other thing. I it's don't always get too like, into it because he's so, so young. He's still little. Like, yeah. But you know, it's always like, well, and did you know some people believe that blank, blank, blank. And it's always yeah. approaching it as an open conversation from a really non-judgmental way. And I, I think mm. uh, it's really interesting actually to hear this eight-year-old say, do you know what my theory is? I'm like, oh, what's your theory? And yeah, have just let him go. Yeah, Imagination. It's amazing. Oh, and yeah, yeah. The just coaxing their imagination out of them. It's the most important part. And that goes right back to what you guys said about, you know, giving them the opportunity to ask, to ask them what they think should happen. You know, mm-hmm. it's really There's important. So many times when he asks me a question and I'm not sure, or you know, maybe I'm just tired of answering his questions <laughs> and I'll say, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, what do you think? And that's always the best moment when I can remember to do that. And he'll kind of work it out. Sometimes he figures it out on his own. Sometimes he thinks of something I've never even thought of. That's actually a smart way of doing something. And it's like, why, why would you like diminish that resource that you have in your home? Now, this extra person here is part of your team, your family. Which, which he absolutely is. And, yeah. yeah. Even the one-year-old is, I mean, he's not using yeah. words to, to contribute to these things, but he's contributing. They're, they're, they're absolutely equally functioning members yeah. of our, of our family. Yeah. And they're whole people yeah. when they're born, that's yeah, a whole yeah. person. They don't have Damn words right. and they don't have the physical control of their body yet. And they don't no, they're not indoctrinated yet the experience. And so it's like the most amazing thing to have a, a baby. Well, well, you guys can probably see this with Finn now, like he's four and a half and you know, his personality traits. Oh yeah. No. Didn't know those on when he was necessarily when he was one years old, like he, he, you, you, you might've had some ideas, but he couldn't express them to you. So you didn't know, you didn't know exactly what he's thinking, even though you, you have a pretty good idea, but now mm. you can go back and look at pictures from when he was one year old and you see him like, say with a, with his birthday cake and he's making a face. And now you know what the words were that were in his head, even if he wasn't forming those, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, oh, yeah. you know, cause that yeah. he's still the exact same person that he was when he was one as he is when he's four and a half. And when he's eight years old and when he's 25 years old, that's still the same mind all the way through. And, you know, there's, there's no doubt we come out whole. I believe that. Mm -hmm. I really like that you said that because, you know, the narrative is always that, you know, every eight years, you're a different person entirely. It's like, (laughs) yeah, on a, on a, on a cellular level, maybe your likes and dislikes. 
but how you like and how you dislike yeah. things is probably the well, same. Well, and anything that I mean, you, you know, just like prior, it's all part of what you're building as yourself. Like it's all part of you. So yeah, that's you, a small scope. You know, we're fractal, and mm-hmm. and just just as you said, we are whole. So it's just bigger echoes of that original inner yeah. child. <laughs> fractal. Right. Hey, yeah. think about yeah. it. The inner child work is oh, I love inner is child. fractal. It's, it's literally thing. fractal. I'm trying yeah. to find my favorite my little pony when I was a kid mm-hmm. just to like give it to my inner child. <laughs> just had a, a flash. It. It, did it have a cupcake? Because the one I am thinking of I just yeah. saw I totally had a cupcake on the side <laughs> and it was scratch and sniff. Oh wow oh, no weird. mine is a, it's Melody and she's blue and she has like tealish hair and she's a pegasus actually were they oh. all scratch and sniff i don't know were they i don't think they were but did your sister have so, some no. my sister had some my little ponies yeah scratch and they snip. were not all scratches i just I need another gem uh, i need a gem doll that's what i Love need the hologram yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a rock star barbie yeah she's like a rock star hologram somehow a normal person too <laughs> she's I don't a hologram know. yeah it was a hologram far she's out hologram. <laughs> so is the universe <laughs> Yeah, it was way ahead of its time because now we got Tupac performing shows and stuff. So (laughs) Jem was doing it first, pretty rad. I will say that being a part of this uh, quote unquote truth community uh, has really, really been an honor, of course, and it's a blessing, but it's also a, a really great workshop on my mind for sure. Because I mean, you can go down whatever rabbit hole you want, but you really do come out. And you just go right back to what you've already learned over and over again, you know, which is like, mm-hmm. this is where the real truth is. Sure. And we're always going to be chasing our tails out there. So I don't think I'll ever like get my son, like involved too deep into conspiracy theories. Yeah. I don't want to have him be the one that I used to want that. I used to want him to be the one to want to ask me all those crazy questions, but I don't know, man. It's like, I'm hoping by then it'll just be in the history books that we're writing. You know, yeah. You know, people yeah. in our community and people we interview are going to be the ones that we're that are writing books that we're showing our kids. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. Um, our son recently, I was listening to Moon Man, the new Bart Sabrell book, and yeah. uh, listening to it as I'm doing dishes. And my eight year old was in the living room doing something, and he kept asking me to pause. Mom, what is he talking about? And so I'd fill him in, and then eventually he's like, "Can I just listen to this with you?" <laughs> so then we're listening to this together and we're pausing it and having these great conversations. And I'm like always bringing up, this is this guy's perspective and this is what he thinks. And I don't know him. I don't have any reason to trust him more than anyone else, but I probably agree that this was all alive. But I mean, some of the evidence is compelling and it's just mm-hmm. like, he's asking me what these words mean. And it's like, I mean, that's, that's our homeschool curriculum. Yeah. Hell yeah. Whatever what piece is interest. I'm yeah. never, you're never not homeschool teaching your kids something right. every time we cook together it's yes. math and it's chemistry yeah. and it's yeah when we're in the that garden was, it's yeah that was something i learned real quick when i started homeschooling she was still i i quit my job of working 55 hours a week in an auto body shop i left her at the same auto body shop she <laughs> i was a production manager there so i was working less but 40 45 hours a week but i yeah. i i dropped off from working just constantly to we moved out here and i started homeschooling on the same day. And there was so much work to do here. And I, it, it was, it was real quick that I needed to learn that I don't sit down and have lesson plans. I maybe some kids and maybe some parent or teachers, you know, work out that way, but that's not the way our dynamics work. We just turn everything we ever do into homeschool. It yeah. doesn't matter what we're doing. I talk all day. 
I talk with my son. He's with me all day. He also talks all day. I, yes, he does. He's, <laughs> where does he get it? Uh, yeah. Those two, me, I'm just like, please give me five minutes. Five seconds. To have and, my own but brain. most of this homeschooling ends up coming from stuff that I don't know because yeah. I need to do something and I don't know how to do it. So I either have to figure it out on my own and he's with me to watch me figure that out, maybe even give suggestions and, or, you know, like, or, or he asks me a question while we're out in the woods about like, um, you know, what kind of, what kind of uh, a bird is this or a worm is this, or does this, does this creature hibernate or not? And I have to go, like I, there's like this part of me that just wants to answer the question and keep keep moving, you know, like oh yeah yeah yeah, uh, ants hibernate, you know, move on. <laughs> but but I don't actually know. That. I have to check in with myself and be like, no, I can't just give that answer. I've got to I've got to I've got to be honest and I got to say I don't know. I don't know that much about this type of bird. I don't know if this bird flies south or or what for the winter. You know, I don't know their habits. So let's let's figure out what type of an animal this is and what that type of animal does. And, you know, it ends up being like a, a search on the internet, maybe before COVID we were going to the library a lot, getting books and stuff like that. But it's like, I, I, I take it from the perspective of, I need to learn this. So I'm going to learn it out loud with this little sponge that's with me all the time. And Kate, do you stay home with uh, your little guy? I do. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. And so no preschool or anything. No. No. And are you guys planning on homeschooling or doing public school? We want to homeschool unless we somehow come into a lot of money. And then I want to do part-time like democratic schools where it's sort of free learning and the kids can do what they want. And they're in groups of children of a bunch of different ages, not entirely. I still want to do the bulk of his. Yeah. But supplemental stuff where they get to be around more kids is pretty cool. He's very, very shy. Uh-huh. Um, he's not really around a lot of people. Um, well, a lot, a lot. not a lot of kids. Yeah. He's around a lot of adults. So he's really yeah. a little awkward around children. Yeah. So I think I, our kid, it was the same way too. He was around yeah. more grownups and kids. Cause we didn't really have friends with kids, uh, yeah. but that's, that's still social socialization. I think a lot of people think, Oh, how are you going to socialize your kid? Well, being around me is socializing, you know, like when we go to the grocery store socializing. So yeah. it's there. Do you guys have like homeschool co-ops or anything like that, that you're aware of in your area? Not around here. Well, I don't know. We we've looked into it. Nothing. I mean, then again, we'd have to revisit it in a few months anyway and see what yeah, things yeah. are looking like now, because back, you know, it's, it's weird. It's a weird dynamic, right? It's like, how awake are you? How aware are you? Right. Because uh-huh. you could be homeschooling your kids and totally fucking terrified of a pandemic and forcing every kid to wear a mask and, and then, all that. Yeah, kind and of shit. They're so, all making their kids sit down and study and, and recreating the classroom in their home. It, yeah. yeah. A lot of people just want to recreate that classroom. That's what I thought I had to do when I first started, yeah. but I, right. I, a lot of people I, I had that. to shake that yeah. and be like, no, no, no. You're doing exactly what right. he's doing. I'm doing. Yeah. I'm doing the exact same oh, thing, especially for preschool. Um, unschool. Yeah is the best way to do it for that's the way kids learn they're just always learning you don't have to do you don't have to force anything and uh well we met some people and i actually started from the freedom cells website so i met some people here locally and then they were kind of on line with us and then some of them had kids and they were trying to kind of there's one place that's um starting a a learning center in in the fall so we might get involved with that at least we gotta look into that I can, you're Something the like that. Yeah. Yeah. You guys are not the first to mention freedom cells to me this week. I was just talking to Scott 
from Rebunk to last oh, yeah. night. And, mm-hmm. and he was talking about the great connections he's made through freedom cells in his area and stuff. I've never looked into it. Massachusetts is very liberal, but I know we are all in hiding somewhere oh, around yeah. the state. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm in a, uh, a local home Massachusetts homeschooling group on uh, Facebook. Yeah. But there's not a lot of people with kids uh, Finn's age. If he was mm-hmm. older, that'd be a little different. And plus, yeah, we're stuck with one car right now, so I can't yeah. go anywhere. It's but, rough. Uh, we're in a yeah, rough spot right now where it's yeah. Kate's not only like doing the full time job of being the mom at home right now. She's also stuck there. So we yeah. luckily have a park right there and we got a lot of cool stuff like the garden and he yeah. loves there's plenty of stuff for him to do, but yeah, sometimes there's just limitation going house. on right now. Yeah. 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 Which is sure. stress on you too. It is stress. Yeah. Um, but to go back on like how you teach them, he came up to me and said, What's a spinal cord look like? Like, I don't know. So we cool. researched the whole thing and I couldn't look at half the pictures. I'm turned away. I'm like, <laughs> let me know when you're done. <laughs> Then he's like, what does a cat's spinal cord look like? I'm like, fine. Oh, cool. Let's Google Great it. Question. And he's looking at the pictures and he's looking at all them. And I'm trying to explain the best I can without throwing up on him. It grosses me out. Well, meanwhile, but, uh, if he'd asked his dad, he'd be like, well, come over to my CD collection over here. I've got a, I've got a variety of different spinal cords I can show you. Which animal were you looking for? Right, right, yeah. For sure. <laughs> this is Fear Factory, son. Sometimes I'm like, just don't let him go through that section of our record collection, because that's, that's a real weird shit right there. It's like the Bruvaria album or whatever you don't want him to see. Yeah, I can't wait till my son's older and I just catch him, like, maybe looking at all my books and going, yeah. hmm, hmm, you know? Just, for, you know, no, not even letting him see me. <laughs> yeah, totally. Is that, is, what might he awesome. be interested in reading? I don't know. You know, I, I do worry that he's going to be smarter than anything I could possibly teach him because he loves anatomy and the body and yeah. all that too. But he also loves robots and building stuff and engineering type stuff and STEM stuff. And I'm the I'm beautiful thing uh, I've learned about homeschooling because we'll say neither of us graduated high school. Mm-hmm. He has his GED and I do not. <laughs> so I didn't even get my GED. GED. I'm, I'm like smarter. <laughs> He's so much smarter than me because he passed <laughs> that test. But uh, what, that being said, I did have to, as as to be able to homeschool your own kid in the, the Washington State, you still have to have certain qualifications. So I did like a homeschool course that was like a one four hour class thing. You pass a test. It was a joke. It was great. The people knew it was a joke, and they're like, <laughs> "You do this, and then we tell you, we tell the state you're fine because of course you're fucking fine to <laughs> to raise your own kids." Yeah. But um, right. I, I always feel like as he gets older, you know, he'll learn to be able to read so he can do a lot of his own research. Right. Yeah, and then he's teaching true. me stuff. So we're a team. And then also if it's like, if they get really interested, then you just facilitate those things within your means, yeah. you know, some stuff's too expensive or whatever, but if he wants to take a robotics class, then find one in town. Or like, if he wants, you know, join a club that does something, or if he's super into Legos, there's a weird Lego club at the library that used to happen right. or mm-hmm. i don't know if he's super into something in nature then you just make sure you facilitate lots of outside time or go to different parks yeah. and and as i'm hearing you say that i'm thinking too like if say if there wasn't a lego club there's craigslist yeah go on craigslist and say hey want to start a lego club with my eight-year-old five-year-old whatever age they are and, you know, try and set up something at the library. And some of yeah, that's right, been harder right, for me in the past because I'm getting better, but I've been like really 
nervous. I get, I call it front door anxiety. So if I'm doing something for the first time and going somewhere I haven't been before, it's like, I'm like looking at Google maps at the front of there. Okay. Then I would turn the knob and I would walk inside and that it's Thinking like, it like planning it out. Cause it like freaked <laughs> me out. So then I've had to really just like try to work through that stuff to get him out and meeting people. And that's been better. But then honestly, like a lot of his hobbies right now have to do with video games. And a lot of people are super anti that, but I think watching him grow so much, learning to read from, from Zelda breath of the wild. Learn to read from Zelda. I, I feel confident saying that. I mean, there are other influencing factors in there, but he loves the Zelda games so much. And, and it's I, a lot of free. I mean, there's a lot of dialogue. Luckily, no, I you, like them too. And I don't mind reading everything to him as it was. But then at a certain point, I he's saying, does that say this? He's asking me, does it say just this? To confirm, and, I, and I'm going, yeah. yeah, it does. You want to try the next one? And then maybe he gets awesome. half of it, you know, and, and all and of a sudden it's like now he's able to like play some Zelda by himself without anybody reading it to him. Yeah, there's the, you know, you can play Call of Duty and, and Doom, or you can play a million other video games. You know, we, of course, the media is going to do what it does and create stigmas where it has to. And I'm guilty as charged. I'm a huge Doom head. Like, I grew up playing first-person shooters and violence like crazy, mm-hmm. infected with that low vibration shit for my whole life. You know what I mean? But the games I'm playing now with my son at four years old, he's building things. And he's. it's interesting to see the indie... I wanted to start interviewing game devs, at late, especially these indie game devs mm-hmm. who are doing these one-man projects. And all, like so many of them are driven by do-it-yourself tactics in the real world. It's like building uh, bases and constructing things and rearing animals and, you know, uh, growing gardens and chopping down trees and all this stuff. It's these open world games that are not necessarily surrounded by violence or based on violence. It's so I think it's, again, it's like a subjective thing, you know, video games can be such a great teacher. He plays video games that are embedded into his Khan Academy. Too. Yeah. We do the Khan Academy, oh, yeah. which is a homeschooling which thing. Is a homeschooling yeah. Thing. Oh, okay. It's free. It's and free. They, yeah. They'll even do testing. Like if you're, if you need your kid to kind of tested, but Hey, how's he doing in this area? Mm-hmm. And they, they sort of keep track too. When he doesn't sign on, I get like emails like, hey, where's your kid? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we tried that when my kid got the idea that we were trying to teach him something and then it was over. Oh, yeah. yeah I I see that. Oh, <laughs> he thinks you're trying oh, to teach it to him. He's like, fuck that. Get out of here. Like, I appreciate this little rebel, but no, please, I, not right now. I keep telling him, like, there are days where we're going to have to sit down and, and look at the alphabet in numbers yeah, yeah. just you do sing actually it and learn some of just this just sing yeah. it out of no and, and then, he doesn't let me sing and i'm pretty good at it stop too oh geez what's yeah. the deal he's man? got a beautiful voice he's like silence yeah. he's busy <laughs> trying to figure out how to put something together and take something apart oh that's amazing <laughs> yeah, i love he it says, sound annoys him <laughs> just like his mommy <laughs> yeah he gets it from me i get oh. overstimulated with noise and then yeah yeah, he and you were just say, called sensitive your whole life. But meanwhile, it's not a bad thing. <laughs> He's more sensitive than me. And yeah, every time he has a meltdown, I think about if this if he did this in front of my family. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, oh just ridiculing him. The just scars that he would get, like, pre, you know, mental and emotional. Yeah, yeah it's, it's so like, sad. Yeah. When I think about like the little Lanny or little Paul like that, that and how the 
our parents would have handled some of the stuff that our kids have done. It's really, it's wild. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And I grew up with like soft parents. Like they were very, like, like we were saying, like no sarcasm, no cutting each other up, nothing like that. I had to kind of learn that from friends the hard way. You know what I mean? Uh, and then I can do it with the best of them now, but like none of that growing up, very soft. So it was like, you know, it's a very stark difference when you, when you're faced with, looking at how even like the subtle things, I don't know, like, even though they were soft, that idea that you brought up Paul about like just answering things quickly instead of thoughtfully and being honest, I got so much of that, which created that me against the man ideology as I got older, because I found out how much I was taught that wasn't true. Yeah. You know, and you can relate, especially, especially knowing how much of a critical thinker my father really is. It was like, well, what the fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. It was kind of like a slap in the face a little bit. Oh man, I get that like, so uh, much. Where was the time for me to, to get real answers, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The children oh. are dismissed. The children are supposed to be seen, not heard, right? Yeah, and that's sure. not, no knock on my parents. They're loving, my dad's loving, but that old school shit is just ingrained in these generational curses, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in my case, my dad is uh, is very intellectual man. He's uh, he's very smart. So, mm. but to a to a fault of that he can't be wrong. And yeah. even if it's a small thing, you know, and it goes. And I realize now, looking back on my childhood, any question I had, it was answered with firm authority of knowledge and and finite answer. It was yeah. given here and now, and it's not to be questioned. You know, like. Uh, and when I look like as I got older, it started, you know, when I was like, I don't know, 12 or 15 and I would say something to someone and they say, no, that's not true. And I'd be like, no, no, it's definitely true. My dad <laughs> said it. And they'd be like, OK, well, your dad's stupid because it doesn't work that way <laughs> you know, or whatever. <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, man. and I'd be like, no, I'm pretty sure he's smart. He went to the University of Chicago and they're like the University of what? I don't care. He's yeah. wrong. <laughs> you know, no, my dad went to UMass, ZooMass. He went to ZooMass. Oh, good for you. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's uh yeah, and that 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 I don't know, it screws people like us up when we when we well, maybe not everyone, because I think some people just go, Oh yeah, I just gotta go to school and I'll learn all the stuff and then I'll be able to answer my own son's questions with uh, with firm authority, whether it's right or wrong, you know, my own self. But yeah, you know, goes back uh, to for critical for sure. Pointing out that you're you know that your dad's a critical thinker, you know, I, I go through that all the time as well, where I'm just going, I'm going, I know. I know you have the mental capacity to think about things. I know this, like you can't be as smart as you are and not be able to think about things past a certain point, but it's that same intellect that makes it that once he said something, whether he realizes it's right or wrong or whatever, he's just, it it becomes an argument for him to just not be wrong ever. Tunnel vision, man. That tunnel vision. (laughs) Challenging. (laughs) I had the opposite. Everything I liked or thought or questioned was just satanic. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm yeah. an idiot for, or completely useless or. Well, was was it actually satanic? Were they like strong Christians who, who thought? Um, yes. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So she had, so that when Kate had her awakening, it was, it was from that perspective. So leaving the what, evangelical kind of born again idea yeah, mm. speaking in tongues and all that oh, stuff. Yeah, okay. They um, 
they said something truly horrific to me. Probably one of the most horrible things you could ever say to a person speaking like as God was judging me in a certain way. Mm. And uh, that woke me up. I'm like, I couldn't, I don't think you believe in God. Yeah. I think you believe. I think something's wrong here. And that sent me on this, like, and that was, yeah, that was it. So this horrible event that happened to us changed everything for the better. And it was still horrible. And I still get sad about it, but, um, yeah. What they said to me as Christians mm-hmm. was appa- it was appalling. Right. I wouldn't say that to my worst enemy. Mm-hmm. And, That's um, interesting how um, sometimes family can treat each other like you. They give their best self to uh, to their job or anything else, and they yeah. say the meanest things to their own children. I think that's mm-hmm. common. And a yeah. lot of the time it's under the, the guise or the veil or whatever, the cloak of religion or God or Christianity or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. Which, which of course is, is uh, another cloak for fear. Yeah. It's just unbelievable fear, you know? Yeah. And I think what I like about your show and what we're trying to do is we're teaching people how to, well, not teaching people, but we're expressing ourselves and hoping that we can share our experiences of trying not to lead with fear and yeah. not to parent with fear right? and not to be an adult with, with fear, you know, leading with fear all the time is like probably all of our biggest problems. As we're doom canning all of our food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Well, yeah, there's that line too of realism versus optimism and where is it, you know, what's, what's false fear? What should we not be yeah. freaking out about that? They're telling us to freak out about versus, it's you know, it's, to be prepared. Yeah. Just like trying well to set prepared. aside the things you don't have control over, like the seeing them spraying the skies again. And like that can really fucking get to me but yeah Yeah. i don't know with our show and in yours as well showing people that you can have a relationship that you can talk about all these things all these hard things and that that's what having a partner should be about is like Mm -hmm. i mean before we had a podcast before you were podcasting like our podcasting was like at night (laughs) before bed where we would just talk it was a, it was an un- yeah. podcasting unplugged, unplugged. We didn't record. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. was just like so many hours of talking about, you know, things that happened and, 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 and the way we see things and what we could see the future being like and conspiracies and nutrition and what, and, I mean, whatever. And really those, those conversations were slowly getting removed from our lives just because of, of things being busy mm-hmm. and, being busy until it's bedtime and not having time yeah. to just to talk. And we, but we, but we do have the time. You always have the time. You always have the time to do anything you need to do. It's a matter yes. of, of time preference and organizing things. And, you know, we were listening to podcasts a lot. I started doing the thing with Adam and I, and it just kind of dawned on us both at the same time. It's like, Hey, if we start scheduling time, essentially, if we, if we carve out time where we're going to sit we can get in like a one to two hour conversation every week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's, that's like really great for us. And, and we need that. Our relationship needs that. Mm-hmm. Like it's, we literally um, had this conversation. Yeah. This was one of the motivating factors that I kept like freaking out about when oh, Kate started trying to make me enter so hard. Yeah. When she started entertaining the idea of doing a podcast together, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And check it out. Check it out. We're going to be literally scheduling time to only focus on each other. 
It's gonna be. Yeah. It's what we need. Like what? It's perfect. It's so you know? great. It is. It really, really is. We started really hitting is. record on our conversations. We're in the middle of talking. about hit record. Yeah, hit record in the kitchen, and we'll we'll probably do it as like a Patreon eventually yeah. called like Kitchen Quickies. I think that's what you came so up. with. I right? love it. Yeah, that's beautiful. It's usually Good me job. cooking and him getting in my way. Yeah, just pacing, <laughs> saying crazy shit about pyramids, it. washing all the spoons <laughs> and using them and throwing away. <laughs> Containers. I'm gonna put stuff back in. Did you just throw that bag away? Like, uh-huh. I thought Stop I was helping. Anything in this kitchen when I'm cooking. I was like, uh, he's not allowed to talk to me if I'm doing a recipe I haven't done before. So that's, yeah. it's that's like true. a full concentration. Like I haven't done this. You just need to stop. I need to- I, me and the boys either need to go outside or upstairs. <laughs> not, not be here right now. <laughs> I was uh, watching some of your YouTube videos, or I did. I listened to one podcast today. And then watch some of your YouTube videos and you were saying like, you don't usually, you'll follow a recipe once and then from there on. And I cook yeah. the exact same way. Someone's like, how do oh, you awesome. make this? I'm like, here are the six ingredients. Good luck. Yeah. <laughs> do it however you want yeah, to do it that it would taste like, good. How yeah. much salt do you want? To, to taste. It's always to taste, you weirdos. Yeah, Intuitive <laughs> cooking. Intuitive cooking. That's what yeah, I've been like liking that. to say. It's yeah. like, um, yeah, if I've never done something, so I need to understand the mechanics of it, then yeah, follow a recipe exactly. But once I understand the why something works the way it does, you know, for texture or whatever, yeah. then I like to play around with things. Because it's not, I don't want to get a cookbook out when I have to cook. Like, it's not, yeah. it doesn't make it fun. You have to be more spontaneous with it. Uh, or like the same with the sourdough, just doing it so many times, like, cause you can't just be spontaneous with baking so much. No, you can't, no. but there, no, there is some, some leeway there, but you have to really know it to be able to find where that is. So like doing that every day for a full month has left it. So now I can bake once a week and just like the kids can be talking to me and it's, I don't have a freak out about everyone. <laughs> everyone quiet silence. Yeah. It really is an art to have fun in the kitchen. Like I know that I'm going to really enjoy whatever the hell she cooks. Well, except for the the vegan stuff. Well, like. some of that, yeah. <laughs> some of that I'm not too into. I try, but um, but for the most part, like if you're singing and dancing while you're cooking, I know that whatever it is, it's gonna be like straight to fire. Cook like a Disney princess. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah pretty much. Like, like oh, sprinkling stuff. Like this attic. Stuff. <laughs> Look at this stuff. <laughs> Isn't it yeah. neat? Yeah. <laughs> neat. I don't need any food that once had feet. <laughs> there you go. Is that off the I cuff? like it. Yeah, I it fucking was. love you. Uh, yeah. oh, I'm done. really it's good recorded. at improving songs. Yeah, dude. Oh my god. Yeah, it's I so should be funny. hitting record. It shouldn't even be kitchen quickies. It'll be like you accidentally not knowing that you're recording a, a new album. Yeah. It's- <laughs> oh, nice. She it's just, an interesting like, talent. I have. It's pretty great. The lines you come up with. Uh, they're usually dirty though. <laughs> or it's just about me. <laughs> like I didn't do something you told me to do. Or something. Yeah, I just think. <laughs> I sing insult. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my gosh. Well, sometimes when I'm frustrated, I just make up a song that doesn't actually go anywhere. Leave me alone. And I'm always like, are you you doing all right? I noticed you're singing, singing uh, instructions to the kids. Uh, (laughs) Things getting a little intense over here. So I don't start yelling. It's singing is nice. That's awesome. I do that too. I'm like, get out of mommy's face. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Like well, in the other well, room. <laughs> Mommy's Before we wrap right up here, here, I wanna <laughs> I wanna bring back to you know we were starting to touch on like the point of these podcasts with, yeah. with <laughs> us, us couples doing this. 
I think from, from our perspective, I mean, obviously our point, like we were just saying, so we can talk to each other because we're selfish people and we're doing this for ourselves. <laughs> and, but then we're also not too selfish in the sense that we're thinking about other people because we're sending this out. We're sharing it. And what's our, what's our real purpose there is, and I think that it's exactly what you guys are probably thinking and doing too. That's that we want to inspire more people to have healthy, productive families and relationships and things like that. And really to show that it's like, it's not even about like having a perfect relationship where you never fight or you never have problems or things like that. But, you know, something that you said right towards the beginning, Andy, is you were talking about how before you had a kid, you were always thinking about when I have a kid, I'll, I'll, I'll treat it like this or like that. And at one point we were talking about how we, we discuss things about our relationship and, and marriage that our, we know our parents never did. Right. And these podcasts are, are, are couples that are talking things out in a way that I hope can inspire other couples or even single people who will eventually be entering relationships to try and enter into them from a perspective where they're very open-minded to like actually examine themselves and their relationships between each other and their relationships between them and their kids. And I think that that's what is missing from so many family dynamics is that we end up with families that they all, there's like tension that bubbles under the surface and never really gets talked about, whether it's between the mom and the dad or between the dad and the, the kids or the mom and the kids or, or whatever, or even, you know, bring in grandma or cousins or whatever. But it's like we don't talk things out. And I, I, I hope that um, that in the future, more people can can feel this way that that you you two seem to. And we we definitely do feel about relationships and I think that podcasts like these could inspire that. Hell yeah, man. And I yeah. think that's why I'm so open and like vulnerable in ours is uh and hopes to just kind of show people like, hey, it's 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 safe to do this, it's safe to express yourself. And hopefully more people can find something to relate to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To hopefully, you know, listen to us more and <laughs> yeah, be able to communicate and do the healing and do the inner work. It's 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 very important. And Absolutely. you were taught, like you were shown that, like you had so much support from like groups you would get into, and and so it's like you, you're paying it forward, really. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, that's great. Yeah. To sh- to how be to be supportive to each other and as a couple, mm-hmm. and to yourself. You know, I think. Uh, like we started off too is me how can I not just make fun of myself and talk down to myself and mm. it's like this is good practice uh for that too yeah you know? yeah you gotta help you get to hold each other and yourself accountable behind the mic yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure yeah. and I feel like with the podcast I have to heal something <laughs> <laughs> or find something that works for people I've been doing uh lately <laughs> what's her name Mel Robbins she did this thing. She, you just high five yourself in the mirror. You don't say anything. You just dude. give yourself a high five every day. Every time you see yourself, just high Ooh, five. That's it. And I like that. She, she tied it into think of like a, a kid when you reach up, your hands up, and your your parents hold you and they embrace you. When yeah. someone wins, you're like, yeah. When you're happy, you're clapping. When you know, whenever you give up high five, it's just like I got you. I understand. I see you. Yeah. And it's every time you raise your hands your brain 
connects it to something good. It's only ever something good, unless you're like, oh, like oh God's praying in or whatever. Too. But yeah. The sky yeah. is falling. No, yeah, no, or, yeah, exactly. praying yeah. everything. So well, we, I guess yeah. there was that one guy that was doing this all the time. It was really uncool. <laughs> yeah. That's oh, cool. Howard, that guy like on the a... side of the street is always waving. <laughs> but you know how the occult works. It probably meant high energy or something like that. <laughs> I yeah, really I like that. That's great. Yeah. So that's my new thing for a few days. And it's it's kind of fun. Yeah, there's so many techniques that like some of them that Kate brings up. I'm like, come oh, on. It's stupid. It's stupid. <laughs> but then even some of those turn out to be like really legit. And that's when it's like it's a it's another kickback to like this place is weirder than even the weirdos think sometimes, yeah, you know, for sure. So it's, and it's now cool. you get excited to see it. Now I'm excited when I see myself in the mirror, I'm just not like you're disgusting. Yeah. Like, it's just like, Oh gosh. Hey. Yeah. You know, so you, you get like happy to see yourself instead of like, instead of you're not picking there, something like, apart picking at your face. And, yeah. yeah, totally. I get it. Yeah. I get it. It's pretty awesome. So it's fun. So give yourself a high five. I'm going to do it. I like yourself. it right now. There. I just knocked you guys high fives too. Yeah. <laughs> so great. Wi-Fi high five. Wi-Fi and, high five. Dude, like that's it. the name of my band. Just kidding. Um, We're a Weezer cover, but we're going to branch off and do our own stuff. Um, so you guys just started an Instagram page for the new podcast, right? Oh, yeah, yes, he's that. left that up to me, and I don't know technology. Right. I'm trying, yeah. so give me some time, and it'll we be get nice. it. I followed you from all of my pages like immediately and liked your one post. Aww, so I was like, you. You're probably like, Oh, that, who's that? <laughs> and Lanny, like you, Kate <laughs> is a person that will learn everything about a topic, you know. So, like, when I gave that responsibility to her. I gave it to her knowing that she can definitely figure the part out that yeah. she doesn't really know. Yeah. And you're, you'll then get it. once those wings are clear, you know, yeah. you, you'll be able to post awesome shit. One, you know, like fun you, with it. My brain's on something else right now and I need to finish this. Right. Yeah. And that's too. the next yeah. step. So totally. I will have a beautiful, I plan on having a wonderful Instagram and yeah. a social media platform and, and what you're focused on people. now, the garden is what you're mainly focused on right now. Anyway, yeah. that's taken up a lot of bandwidth. And once that's figured out, more, a lot more content will be on that Instagram from yeah. that. Awesome. And until then, so. just take pictures of your garden and post them on there. Who cares that's what people what think? Be, I mean, it's going to be great. And, yeah. yeah. And then, you know, when you post a show, you can let people know there. It's great. Yeah. I love it. And you know, for me, I'm really low tech. Like we don't even have smartphones. Like we're <gasps> good really, but we never have. So it's not like a thing we gave up to be cool. It's like we just never got we just into it. Cool. We're just really late. No, we're, we're just always, always behind cool. the times. <laughs> we're just always behind the times. I just have my my Walkman. Um, but no, like uh, I I think for me, I was really intentional. Hey, I think I should start a YouTube channel. And actually, it was Adam and Emily when I was on their Chicken Tenders show. They were like, you should start a YouTube channel. And it just kind of sat in the back of my head for a while. And then I was like, I think I want to do that. Yeah. And I just spent all of January teaching myself how to record and, and edit and upload yeah, videos. Yeah, I watched a few of them. They, they're one, you did a great job. Thank you very much. So then the Preserving Today YouTube channel is there and it's a thing now. And I've worked it into my schedule, like how I can record video even when kids are around because I do the audio separately and then edit them together. Otherwise, it'd be like, fine. you could hear me yelling at the, the kids yeah. while I'm cooking, <laughs> which might be more entertaining. I don't know. That would be hilarious. Special edition. Outtakes at the end. Yeah. Outtakes. Get out. Don't 
don't touch that stuff. You see the baby's hand reaching hot, out, hot, hot, grabbing hot, hot. the knife. <laughs> yeah, all, all he knows how to say is hot, hot, hot. <laughs> oh, so yeah. So there was that. And then the the podcast, we started around the same time and learn, I learned how to edit so we could put the bumper music in and how to upload it and where to do that too. So it can be done. It's like, if you want to, you'll get into it, it'll be fun. And then it'll just be another one of those things that you're great at. And that's awesome. And then it doesn't take up all that uh, mental capacity. Right. Because yeah. it's just right. a thing that you do. Party It goes back to baseline. For yeah. sure. And that's like, you know, especially the, the, like doing the garden, you know, the more you do it, the more stuff you screw up. I say it all the time. I screw stuff up all the time. And yes. I, <laughs> and uh, I try not to be hard on myself because it's always a learning experience. Mm-hmm. You know, if I, if I, if I, you know, we're, we're on our third year now. So we've had two, two years of me planting corn and we have had what, two, two cobs of corn. We've had a few more than that, but they're not the best corn. It's, it's not just, been, it's not been good. We've, we've had other successes, really good stuff, but just corn, hasn't but like been that corn great. I'm, I'm failing at it over and over again. There was one part of me that could say, well, so we shouldn't do corn. I'm not good at that. It sucks, mm. whatever. But instead it's like, no, okay, this didn't work. We did it totally different one year and then totally different the next year. This year I'm feeling better about it, but we'll see. And if I do well this year, then I'll go, cool. Now I can double that amount next year. And you yeah. know, just like, it, it'll be, I, I know what I'm doing. Well, and that's an example of why I think it takes special kind of people to who want to garden or homestead, yeah. because you can try that thing and you got to wait a whole nother year till you can yeah. try it again. But then there's all that time in between where you can do the research, research and, and start to think about how you're going to do it differently the next time. That's kind of, this fun. is my first year with corn. Yeah. We're not planting anything yet. We have a couple of weeks, but yeah. Yeah. So hopefully now you have me scared. Yeah. It seems like it should be easy, but it's just like some people, I think it is. Cause remember that field my dad has, he doesn't do anything all the way through. And there was a shitload of corn in our backyard. And there were cans of paint under the ground underneath those. I'm sure. Uh, (laughs) He would have buried garbage in that field. I'm sure. (laughs) Uh, But I think, I think like I've chosen bad locations for it, you know, like it's, it's, we planted it's, it too late the first year. It's like the first time. Yeah. I planted it too late. And I was also like, Oh, I want a whole bunch of corn and you know, I'll do it over here in this totally different spot away from the rest of the garden. And mm-hmm. then it's like, it didn't do well. And that was all me. And it was kind of like, what, what, what happened there? And then the next year I do it up closer to the garden, but it, um, it was kind of the same amount of sun as that other spot that I got did. Mm-hmm. So I think I need to bring that into a different spot location wise. So it gets a little less sun. It gets a little more shade. I, you know, and maybe that'll be the right thing. Maybe it's just been a bad year for corn the last couple of years. Bad season for corn. You know? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. But it's like all those things try again. But all it's ever done is made me better at growing corn. Even though I couldn't say I'm good, I'm better than I used to be. Yeah, because you you don't have to make the same mistakes again. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Damn right. I had so, fails with my broccoli, so I, I tried it six different ways this time. Yeah, there you I go. Did seeds at different times. I put some in the beds, great, and whatever lives, lives. Yeah, <laughs> and it's got a long growing seed, like it takes a long time to grow. So, yeah. like, same with like I tried to do Brussels sprouts several times, and they just yep. it takes too long. So, you don't by time it's getting cold, like it's they're these tiny little nubs that I'm like, oh, they were gonna become something and they have no yeah. chance now. And the chickens get yep. to pick them off of the stuff. Oh, we we grew uh mini watermelons and we thought that they were regular watermelons. We're like, when are these things getting bigger? And <laughs> like, uh, they ended up rotting. Yeah. Oh, no, oh, bummer. Yeah, that was like the first year I had a garden. 
and I was just so scared to harvest anything because I was like, I couldn't tell, is that what broccoli looks like when it's growing? Is it done? And then it's like, oh, it has yellow flowers on it. Okay. Well, I missed my window. So I got to see the whole life cycle. I mean, that was still, it was learning. I got to see the whole life cycle of what it was like to see the plant grow and go to seed. Right. Yeah. It's unbelievable finding out how many seeds broccoli goes to. Totally. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, how many is it? Like 2,000 per... Even or, way more than that. Well, there's yeah. so many little tiny seeds. Same with lettuce oh, it's and unbelievable. stuff, too. Yeah. yeah. So we let a lot of that just happen at late in the season when we're done and uh, mm-hmm. drop the seed. And then we let our chickens go through and clean up our beds and take eat all the stuff they want to. And then we nice. kick them out. So now when stuff's starting to come up this year, I'm going to watch it for a while. And I'm starting to know those plants well enough that I can tell what's a weed and what's not. And I'm just, yep. if there's something that starts growing that I didn't plant this year, then that's, that's excellent. Bonus. Yeah. We had uh, lots of kale and uh, Swiss chard that, that managed to come back from seed that it had dropped itself. Nice. Yeah. And at the end of the day, you're making progress. If you're putting stuff in the ground, whether or not you succeed, you're, 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 you're trying it and you're, and you're moving forward. Like if we're, if we're concerned, if anybody's concerned, not that I'm a paranoid lunatic who's concerned about things like, uh, you know, <laughs> uh, food security, supply chain issues and things like that. But if, if that were to fall, you know, it's, you're going to be, even if, even if you had one year that you did a garden and you failed at it, you've got mm-hmm. that much more experience. If that's what Absolutely. you have to, if you don't have a choice, but to do that the next year, you've got oh, yeah. one year of failure under your belt, which is way more than zero experience at all. Absolutely. I learned and, so much from that first garden to this garden. It's, mm-hmm. I could fill a whole book with just what I learned from those mistakes. Totally. Yeah. Yep. Just that first garden to the second. And now I'm And thereby, if grocery store was, again. Yeah. if the grocery store didn't exist tomorrow, just that's not an option. You're miles above where you would be if you hadn't done that last. I'm year. already feeling hungry. I'm gonna like quickly eat through our stockpile. <laughs> Just in a panic. Well, I mean, within a couple of weeks, we suddenly knew how to build garden beds. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. we knew how to build the archways to yeah. support certain plants and Make you the know, soil work. Yeah, start to, have to see start what that good soil when it's starts all like, yeah, yeah totally it's all over. That's rough. Trying to that's what find that shit online if an EMP goes off. Uh-huh. We talk all the time about videos. how right now we're LARPing, you know, live action role play. So we're LARPing, we're LARPing at Homestead because we can go to Walmart or the grocery store if we want to. Yeah. Like we right. can go buy regular eggs if all our chickens get eaten by raccoons or coyotes. But in <laughs> every time we practice this, even if it's role play, even if it's not because we have to we have all this experience now that we'll, you know, we're, we're better now than when we started and we'll be even better yet. If we get some more time. Yep. Every, yeah. every year, every day counts that the, that the apocalypse doesn't come <laughs> that, that, you know, <laughs> that we can still wake up tomorrow and, and life is essentially the same as it ever was. I mean, I know we just went through the whole lockdown stuff and things weren't as it always was, but at the same time kind of is, I mean, like at least now it's kind of like, it's always been, it's just a little worse, Yeah. but it's not, you know, the grocery store is still there. Things are a little more expensive, but it's still there, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and as long as that's happening, I'm so happy every day that that's the case. Even if I don't go to the grocery store, I'm happy that it's there because if this does fall, I got that. Mm-hmm. Yep. If this does, if, if not this, not our stuff falls, but if, if uh, that falls, then we know we have this experience. That if the grocery here. store falls, then we're, well, we're not ready. We're not prepared. I mean, we're prepared in a, in a bunch of ways, but, um, you know, uh, 
I heard some, oh, who was it? Someone said the other day is that the first thing you learn when you begin prepping is that it leads to more prepping. You know, yeah. do, it doesn't ready. matter how prepped you are. Yeah. You're, oh God, you're not ready. That must, ready. Be the, that must yeah. be the artistic mind, man, or the, or the type of personality that gets into the, the things that we talk about and think about because it's never satisfied. It's never, you know, I, you and me both are creative people. And when we do artwork or writing or whatever, we critique ourselves into non-existence. <laughs> the prepper is never done prepping. It's, it's, yeah, it's that personality We're type. Improving. We're always going somewhere where the rest of the world's like, it's fine right here in the mud mm -hmm. you know? yeah but yeah <laughs> i like it that's great um well we should probably wrap up uh, who knows what our children are doing upstairs right now <laughs> yeah ours um, is sleeping that baby is suspended lady. upside down from the ceiling fan or something with the eight-year-old going oh this is cool look and he loves yeah. it and he does love it that's always like when they're doing something dangerous i'm like don't do that he's scared and i'm like look at him he's like the baby's not scared he's having yeah, fun yeah, he loves it <laughs> he loves it <laughs> Um, yeah, so let's uh tell uh, everyone how they can find your podcast. Yeah, you could find Deep Healing with Andy and Kate on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, yeah, everywhere basically, all over podcast land. Uh, we're not on YouTube or anything, we just do the audio, but um, but yeah, and we're gonna have our Instagram, which is just Deep Healing Podcast, right? Yep. So cool. type that in and you'll see more of that coming yeah. soon. Um, but yeah, thank you guys so much for having us on, letting yeah. us talk and oh, chill. Absolutely. And yeah, yeah, this, this was really good. This been was I've been looking forward to it. So far. I know that's that's the interesting part about this beautiful community of misfits and spiritual wayward individuals that we've all come in contact with. It's like Man, I guess we do need their technology to, to keep in touch with our, our friends, our soul tribe, you know? If teleportation yeah. shows up, though, don't get in the fucking machine, all right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, we were so anti. Like, we didn't even... We hadn't done Zoom until 2021, and, yeah. and Monica Perez invited us on for, like, a homesteading roundtable thing she was doing with her Patreon members, yeah. and that's where we met Adam from Deborah Gets Red Pilled, and he's oh. like, hey, we're going to take a road trip to Washington. We'll come and see you guys, and I was like, yeah, cool. Like, no one ever actually does that, but then about a month later, he got a hold of us and came and visited with his wife. And they became best friends like immediately. And that's yeah. how he got into podcasting. So it's like, there's like been real life connections we've made because of it, as well as a few other people, listen, listeners that are in our area that we've connected with now too. It's Happen just, to it's be been a really here. good thing. Yeah. yeah and not man. to mention all the people that we would never know or be able to talk to or see, you know, face to face, screen to screen without, uh, without this. So yeah really thankful for We're it. building an incredible trust here with strangers. I, you know, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful sure. new thing that doesn't usually happen. And now we all yeah. have places to stay if we travel. Hell yeah. yeah man. Oh yeah. yeah. It's a beautiful really good thing. point. Travel, flee, whatever, well. you know, <laughs> I think Andy's yeah. made a friend in every state. It's That's unbelievable, great. man. It's just beautiful. It's awesome. Well, now, uh, Northwest Washington, you can add that, put that Hell in yeah. your map as well. I think and at just some as point, a, a hope I was hoping that, you know, you brought up Adam. I can't wait to possibly have uh, Chud and Adam back on, on the deep share sometime. If they willing to come on for like a three hour, like let's just zone out and talk about everything, man. Yeah. That, that sounds great. awesome. That's our, that's our brand right there. <laughs> I'll be listening oh, yeah. through the vents just for the one side of the conversation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think uh, I was going to say, I think it would be really cool if uh, at some point here we, uh, 
we try to all get together somehow, yeah. you know, like, and when I say we all, I mean like this whole podcasting sphere, like have some kind of annual event, you know, like it held in a different part of the country each year and whoever's within, within their schedule and within reach to go to that one. And, you know, hopefully some of us can, can, can meet and do some, do some unplugged podcasting <laughs> where we just bullshit with each other in real, in real yeah. life. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I see it happening, man. I, I see there's a lot of talk going on about something like a an alt media meetup of some kind or festival, but we don't know how or when or where or what mm-hmm. we would do. But that's probably with a bunch develop, of anarchists. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as time goes on, man, we're just going to do more of what we're doing all together. So it's yeah. just going to get more pronounced. Exactly. We'll just keep it. foraging forward. Yeah. So, um, I will keep in touch with you. If you have questions, when you start to decide to get obsessively interested in kombucha, let me know. I'm I'm there. You're there. Sweet. I'll make a video. That's what I'll do with my next video. I got, I I will, but I'll, I got, I got a lot of them. It's not pineapple time yet, but I will, I got the June on the counter and I got a bottle it. So I'll do that. I'll start recording (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, um, I'll make sure, you know, when I'm going to do my workshops again. So if you want to hop on with us, you can. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Cool. For sure. We were thinking of adding another podcast where we have dinner with couples via zoom. Yeah. Yeah. And that's uh, a cool manual, I like it. Yeah, yeah. Emmanuel and Mimi from uh, Godcast yeah. and, and us have talked about doing it. And uh, Brandon from Expanding Reality was into the idea. Yeah. Oh, so we cool. might all not like it wouldn't be ours necessarily. necessarily I don't know. The hosting would kind of just be whatever. Well, you have like, your friends over for dinner. So we would all have. Yeah, to host. yeah we're all the right? stars. Yeah. I love so, it. Yeah, we put it out. In hopes that it would just be fucking hilarious. We don't have to be researching any specific it would topics. Just be talking and regular. No, yeah, shoot the just shit. like it would be if we sat laugh. around a table and people chewing yeah. into microphones really loud. I love it. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, there's a whole fetish out. I know there that's a that, thing. Dude, yeah. ASMR out yeah. the ass, man. This is great. Yeah, for sure. Well, you were just on Emmanuel's podcast. Yeah, just yesterday. Yesterday, right? Yeah, uh, awesome. with, with Adam. I love Emmanuel. He's he is turning out to be such a positive influence on me. It's, it's really yeah. awesome. You know, I went into our friendship thinking that I was just like, oh man, this crazy Jesus freak. And <laughs> then it was not, it really isn't that at all. He talks about Jesus plenty. He's a fucking yeah. flat brim hat has says Jesus. But it's like, it's, <laughs> we go into the deepest kinds of conversations, man. And he gets yelled at by all kinds of Christians, which is hilarious. Yeah. yeah. He's really open. So <laughs> he's that's, really that's open. refreshing. And he's really, really, really awake. You know, yeah. like we can, we can go there on anything. I that's, it's awesome. Yeah. Hell yeah. Good stuff. Yeah. Good people in this community for yeah. sure. Well, this won't be the last time we all sit I'm down fine. together for sure. Me too. I'm really glad that you're here in this community yeah. with us right now, Kate. Yeah, for sure, Kate. Thank you. I need yeah. friends. And you know, <laughs> totally. more more people keep saying that to me at least, to to her. But yeah. you know, I'm glad I'm glad I'm to good. hear that. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So this one, yeah, will not be the last time we sit down together for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Again. Once we get I get better at the podcast, we'll probably have some people on and stuff. Yeah. Cool. We want to eventually have guests and everything. Yeah. But right on we'll structure that eventually. But keep yeah. us in mind if you when you get there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Awesome. All right. Talk soon, guys. Cool. Right. Thank Peace you out. again so much. Peace. Bye. Yeah.